Are you all right? It's just strange. In his own horrible way, I believe he loved me. You did the right thing. You did it. I'm just the executioner. You pass the sentence. You're the Lady of Winterfell. Is that for the... I was never going to be as good a lady as you. So I had to be something else. I never could have survived what you survived. You would have. You're the strongest person I know. I believe that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Well, don't get used to it. It's still very strange and annoying. In winter, we must protect ourselves. Look after one another. Father. When the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. I miss him. Hello, welcome once again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going? It's going well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Very well, very well. Uh, A couple things. Uh, First off, um, we will have one more episode next week of You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast before we go into hiatus so do not um think this is it uh, we'll come back next week uh for the season recap episode but unfortunately uh, after that winter is coming because god knows when season eight's going to start that's the dang truth well we'll talk about a little bit about that tonight and most likely next week as well um so uh eric uh, you actually uh do a couple other podcasts i do uh, one of them is the podcast of which this is a spinoff called Dark Discussions. It replaces the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic, uh, which I do along with you, Mike, and Aben Christie. And then I also do a podcast that I record and produce myself, General Interest Podcast, called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find both of those on Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes Store. Excellent. And uh, Mike, you do some podcasts besides this one as well as a, a blog as well. Well, there's uh, two podcasts we do for shows that are currently on hiatus, which would be Searching for American Gods for the Stars Network show and Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. Uh, and I have my own blog, which is Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. And that's a genre blog, correct? And that is a genre blog. Very good, very good. Uh, now, uh, for Jon Snow, you know nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, the website is www.darkdiscussions.com 
dot com. As Eric said, uh, Dark Discussions is the umbrella podcast for all of uh, the podcasts that at least me and Mike do. And uh, so you, you can go to darkdiscussions.com to find uh, the Jon Snow episodes. You can find it as its own feed on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Uh, but you also can find it under Dark Discussions Podcast feed as well, because the Dark, Scar- Dark Discussions Podcast feed uh, releases all the episodes from uh, darkdiscussions.com. And um, if uh, people want to go to iTunes, what can they do, Mike? Uh, they could do a whole lot of things. They can buy songs and audiobooks. They all sorts of stuff. But one of the things we would like them to do is go and leave feedback for uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, and Dark Discussions, and all those other wonderful podcasts that we do. Um, <clears throat> you can leave feedback for us there. It helps get us some attention, whether it's a good review or a bad review. Any kind of review whatsoever is greatly appreciated, as long as you keep the criticism constructive. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, now, uh, let's see, a couple of things. Eric, you actually brought something up uh, about Game of Thrones, and it may not come back that quickly? Well, yeah, there's uh, nothing's been officially announced yet, uh, but there are rumors of plenty that it might not be back until 2019, uh, simply because of the number of hours required to produce what they have left to do. Um, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, they have to shoot it during a particular time of the year, because winter is coming. Uh, winter is here. Well, yeah, winter is here. Uh, and then there's also just going to be a shit ton of CG they have to do because it's, you know, uh, undead versus dragons. You know, uh, lots of CG to do, lots of time take uh, taken to do that. So uh, nothing official yet, uh, but I would actually be surprised if we do see it in 2018. Uh, I'm just going to bank on 2019, and then if we get it earlier, I'll, it'll be a pleasant surprise. And I would suspect... Um, that if it is indeed 2019, that it would probably be like early 2019. Mm-hmm. So probably, because we don't know, because they air on Sunday nights, they're not going to want to change that. I don't know that they're going to be wanting to go against football on Sunday nights, so it might be something like February 2019. Well, the, when's, the, when's the Super Bowl, uh, Eric? It's usually February, right? So February, maybe, yes. Yeah, so it'll be March, most likely, right? Well, it's not all, the Super Bowl's not all of February. No, no, but the pl- the playoffs are every weekend up until the Super Bowl. Which is like the first weekend of February. It's inconsequential. Oh, it's the first weekend? Let's not argue for three hours again. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yes, the, um, the production starts in October and should end by April is what I heard. And then there will be a lot of post-production, as you said, Eric, because of the CGI and special effects and all that which could take who knows how long, which would lead us to, the, at the earliest, the end of 2018. And um, most likely, it'll, it'll, as you said, unfortunately, it's, it's looking probably, what, 70, 30, you say, for 2019? That would be my guess, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, and, well, and, and I'll say the same thing I said about Westworld, which is fine, take your time and do it right. Um, because there's already been some uh, quite a few comments, including some on this podcast, about the quality of the writing uh, for this season. Uh, so let's just let them get season eight right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, like, I and I don't want to rehash what we've already said because that's what the next episode's about. But most of my issues just come down to that one, admittedly very pivotal episode that tried to move way too many pieces, way too quickly, and did not establish good foundations for uh, the last two episodes. Right. But at yeah, least we that, got a decent finale, and that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Yes. Yes, 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 we are. Um, so the the finale of um, Game of Thrones, episode seven. Oh, actually, before we even get into this episode, uh, any further things besides the possible 2019 release of season eight? Anything else on Game of Thrones general uh, stuff that anybody want to talk about? Um, I did see uh, Apple has started producing this uh series on Apple Music called uh, Car Karaoke or some shit. Uh, it's really pretty dumb. Uh, but there oh, is a, a clip. Slots, I want, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a clip somebody posted on the Facebook page of uh, Macy Williams and Sophie Turner uh, actually picking random random quotes to read and doing their impressions of Jon Snow and Ned Stark. And that's kind of amusing. So that's worth checking out. Did you see the... Uh What's his name? Uh, John Snow, the actor. Uh, Kit, uh, Harrington. Kit, Kit, Kit Harrington, right, where he does the audition for all the different characters on Game of Thrones. I saw it in passing. I didn't actually get a chance to watch it. Oh, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> it looks like it could be highly amusing. Uh, well, especially as Daenerys. <laughs> I think that's what the still shot is of. Uh, I'll have uh, to watch that. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, the, the Macy Williams and Sophie Turner thing has been around for a few weeks now. Um, but I, I've never bothered clicking it on to, but I'll, I'll probably now do it because it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, there's been, uh, the, the cast has been a pr- pretty good sports about, uh, popularity of the show and, and going along with it. Uh, I know, uh, both Kit Harrington and, um, Chris Van Houten, uh, went on the Seth Meyers late night show and did a skit, uh, basically as their character from game of Thrones attending a modern dinner party. Uh, and they were both pretty freaking hilarious. They were. They were hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, it was uh, it was a dinner party for Jon Snow and a uh, baby shower oh, you're for, right. for, for, for the witch. Shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so people can search for those things. Uh, they're all over YouTube uh, and stuff. That's uh, good stuff. Um, any anything else in general? About Game of Thrones, anybody want to bring up? Well, I just want to say I'm, I just sort of kind of finished a out of order rewatch um, because I just finished watching the uh, Shame episode, mm. um, which is the end of season five. Because so I'd, I'd actually started by rewatching season six before season seven aired, and obviously I've just finished watching season seven over the last seven weeks. And in between the episodes of season seven, I rewatched one through five. And so I just finished watching episode 10 of season five. So I've kind of gotten a complete rewatch in in the last seven or eight weeks. Um, yeah, it is. It is, again, always nice to see how little things tie in and foreshadow in uh, what's to come. And uh, I know some podcasts, the uh, Game Microphones podcast, is, which started, I think, when we did, which was with season five. They're going back and going to redo uh, an episode per for each episode, uh, each seasons one through four. Um, 
and I think some others are doing something like that too. But it's it's a, it's a good thing to do. This is a show that really does reward multiple viewings. So are you implying, Mike, that you want to continue and, and and do episodes on season one, two, three, four, five? Oh, no, I'm not because no. I just I just. Did. I just already did this, and we did do our previous, you know, season wrap-ups of one, two, and three, and then four, and before we on dark discussions, uh, before we did uh, the you know nothing John Snow podcast. So I'm perfectly fine with our last ten episodes, of which this is number number one. All right, there's only nine more after this one of the you know nothing John Snow podcast. I imagine if there is a dark, if there's a Game of Thrones spinoff, which there almost certainly will be, uh, if we decide to do that we will probably have a, a new title to go along with it. Because right. it's probably not going to be a, a Jon Snow-centered show. True. Right, and uh, that, that will be the case, yeah, because Jon Snow will most likely be not part of the new series. And, uh, yeah, but we probably would just, uh, just call it something else, a Game of Thrones podcast, and so forth. Um now, uh, the, the the rumor that uh, Katy Perry was going to do a brothel scene at Baelish's, um, <laughs> you know, brothels, you know, as as a guest People singer. People are fucking desperate. It's, she's, it's not going to happen anymore because of what happened tonight. But, uh, but I, I don't even know what happened tonight. What are you talking about? Well, in this this episode, we're going to... Oh, in the episode. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think there's going to be any more but Baelish's That was a brothels. stupid rumor anyway. <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, now, um... Now, this episode here, the seventh episode, was called The Dragon and the Wolf, uh, directed by Jeremy Podeswa, who actually has directed a number of Game of Thrones episodes, including episode one of season seven. Uh, Benioff and Weiss uh, wrote it. August 27th, it was released. Um, now, it says here 12.07 million watched it, which is the highest ever. Wow. However, an article that Elizabeth Catherine Gray posted showed 16 million is what that article said and then in the same article it says between 33 to 34 million total per episode this season uh after D, you know v, uh, dvrs and watching it four days later and on demand and all that other stuff well i would imagine the discrepancy between uh 12 to 16 is uh live versus uh through hbo go or hbo now um so probably four million people were using the app, and twelve million people were watching live on cable. That would be a guess, anyway. Makes sense. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the their the season as a whole has, I guess, been their highest watched season, uh, rate, highest rated season, and this is their highest rated single episode. That's Did impressive. That's yeah. a lot of people watching the show. Well, for today's ratings, yes. True. Yeah, for today's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Mike. Because uh, Mike, explain what you mean when you say today's ratings compared to say back in 1975. Well, because back in 75, if you have 12 million viewers, uh, you would have been canceled immediately. Um, really? Oh yeah, that 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 would have a that would have been a very low low rating for back then, uh, just because there were like three channels. Right. So, right. Okay. so even though the population was smaller, you had let's say. In the in the seventies, two hundred and fifty million people, um, two hundred million people. Uh, there were a lot of them were watching one of three channels, one of the three networks. Um, and you look and, at and, and God forbid they read a book. 
Well, yeah, well, that that was never happening. But I think like the the highest rating show of all time was the uh, Mash finale, right? And that had I think something like they estimated seventy percent of the population uh, was the uh, was watching it. Huh? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And that's that when you say population, uh, you mean one hundred. When, when you say population, you mean the U.S. of A. Right? In the U.S. of A. Right. Okay. You know, hundred, hundred. Basically, Mash had about one hundred six million viewers in the finale. Yeah, the dwarfs. Uh, anything from today? You're right, Mike. And uh, and they, I think the highest after that, the the one that broke it was uh, a Super Bowl from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, for for today, because like you said, right now we have hundreds of stations. We have uh, the internet. We have computer games. We have everything and anything besides reading and sex that all the people only had in the seventies to do. Besides watching TV, um, it makes sense that um, thirty million would be considered good today, just for the fact that. Um, it, the audience is, is broken up. Um, all oh, thirty million would be a number one easily a number one show today. Um, yeah, interesting. All right, but but it's also the fact that we have the option to watch, you know, the show a day or two or three days later, you know, or a week later, or wait for the entire season to air and then binge watch it. Uh, that's something I, I wanted to kind of bring up with our wrap up next week. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, you actually uh, passed me because I stopped at episode five, season four, and you were on episode one, season four, uh, on Thursday of last week. And uh, since then, I've I haven't been able to watch any, and and you've you've pretty much cleared the the board. Yeah, I've been I well I yeah I've actually been off and it's a little under the weather for a couple of days, and uh, we had people working on the house today, putting in new windows, so I was able to just kind of sit down, finish up the last couple of episodes. Ooh, that must have sucked. Don't you hate spending money on Windows? It's so expensive. Yeah, well, you know what I like better is not hearing Pam complain about the Windows. So, what I'm actually waiting for is one of our cats uh, discovered that the window frame was not firmly attached anymore and was able Uh-oh. to get down the basement and get out of the house. And so he's always looked, so for the last couple of months, he's really, 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 really looked forward to getting down in the basement because he knows he could use it to run outside. And I'm kind of looking forward to watching him try to get out the next time he does that. Uh, and I assume you're going to try to fix the, the issue with the basement. Well, that's fixed. It's the basement windows were what we replaced. Oh, okay. There you go. So they got so, it done in about three hours. So so, so now now the, the cat will find out that something's fishy now and it can't get out. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's blocked from the outside world again. Bastards. Um, now, uh, we do have um, a couple of emails... Uh, one from uh, Sean Fox, uh, one of our listeners from Alberta, Canada, and then one from Michelle Barkley, uh, a, a listener from Western Pencil or Central Pennsylvania. So uh, we got those. Uh, let me read um, one from uh, Michelle Barkley. And so this is what uh, Michelle Barkley has to say. Uh, she goes. Um, here we are Monday morning after what was a spectacular finale in Game of Thrones. This finale left me extremely excited to see what's going to happen in the final season. 
I have to give props to Lena Headey, who plays Cersei. This season, she is such a villain, and she plays it perfectly. The way Cersei simply says things, the way she spits the words out of her mouth with such hatred and rage, you can feel the emotion that Cersei is feeling. The way she tried to provoke Danny when she sat down, the way she talked to Tyrion in private, and now has taken to constantly cutting up on Jamie. the woman is brutal. The actress can convey so much with a look on her face, a simple expression. One that stands out was when Alias Sand was at her feet on the throne and spits on the ground. Cersei sort of gasps and has a look on her face. It conveyed so much. Kudos to Heedy for a great performance this season. Oh, how I will miss Littlefinger, that scheming bastard who put everything into motion, watching him grovel, was pathetic and rewarding at the same time. Kyburn, how enchanted he was by the undead. He jumps up out of his seat to go investigate. No fear at all, a true madman, but I love him for some twisted reason. Finally, fans get a 20-year-in-the-making theory payoff in full, and it was wonderful to watch. The score behind that scene was gorgeous, and while it was a beautiful scene between John and Danny on the boat making love, I would have rather seen Jorah in there. Just saying, I'd take Jorah over Jon Snow any day. The scene that actually affected me the most was the two Stark girls standing and talking in Winterfell. After their exchange, Arya stated how much she missed their dad, and the camera pans up and back. I will admit I shed a few tears. Winterfell has always been my favorite place in this story, and it was a wonderful feeling to see those two finally seem to break through to each other. Damn it, I miss Ned Stark as well. The wall coming down was horrifying. Think of all the wildlings in there at Eastwatch that just lost their life. Now they march on to Winterfell, which is not going to end well at all. I am kind of skimming over the points that stuck out the most to me since I have only watched the episode once so far. I will be looking forward to your thoughts on the show, and I pose a question for you three. If you lived in this fictional world, where would each of you choose to live and why? And who would you have as your bride? <laughs> All right. uh, thank you very much, Michelle. Uh, to answer the first question, uh, or the, the two questions at the end, um, Though I love summer, um, I would probably choose Winterfell um, for the same reason she would, because it's, it's, it is the coolest part of the show, um, and the weather is similar to where I live here in New England, in New Hampshire. Um, and the, the people that live there are the people I like the, the best. Um, and for my bride, it would be Sansa, hands down, uh. no question about it. All right. So, Eric, what about yourself? I don't even know why she asked that question for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it was really directed to you and Mike. I just happened to have. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, what's the, uh, it, it would not be the Iron Islands. Don't want to live there. I don't want to live in King's Landing. Don't want to live in Dorne. Uh, don't want to live in the Grasslands. So I guess we're looking at either Winterfell, um, Highgarden, or the Riverlands. Um and I guess if you feel you, you, you kind of talked me into this. I guess I'd choose Winterfell just because of the reasons he stated. Uh, as far as my bride, um, that would probably be, um, 
Hmm. Not sure. Probably Danny, though. I'd have yeah. to think about that one a little while. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll come back at the end of the episode and, and ask you. Um, I, I like your point there. Uh, I don't really care for High Garden, but yeah, the River Lands would probably be my second. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah that's not a bad one too. Um, uh, Mike. Uh, well, I you have a problem in that the, uh, the, the, the you'd be living in a basically a medieval world. So oh, I would oh, want Mike. I have to interject for a second. Since yeah. she didn't state, I assume she you could choose dead characters as well, like like Natalie Dormer and so forth. But anyway, oh well, on. that changes my answer. Uh, well, 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 then I wanted to. I don't want to steal your your thunder. What would your What would your choice there be? It, it would be It would be Marjorie. Yeah, um. Sense. So I'm gonna. I'm so anyway. Being in that, you know, I I wouldn't want to live in rough territory. And I'm thinking either I we haven't seen a lot of High Garden, and I know there are a lot of schmucks uh, in Dorne. Oh, but but you know, you had beaches and sun. It seemed like a nice place to to vacation. <laughs> um. And I, I don't want to have to deal with cold winters without you know indoor heating and other than. I would probably go with either Dorn. Maybe I'll leave an option open for High Garden. Screw Essos. I don't want to deal with, you know, crazy wizards and and slavers and forget <laughs> and, them. And, and faceless men that will kill and you. Faceless men and uh, and horse lords. And, right, no, that's yeah, just yeah. Oh yeah. God, no. Um, so I wouldn't Fuck want to deal Iron with those. Islands. Oh yeah, well that's that that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, so, so I would I would go with one of the warmer weather places, and right now I'm I'm leaning more towards Dorne because really, would I be really dealing with the sand snakes? Probably not. You know? Well, Mike, yeah. the question is, do you need a bad pussy? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and uh, now, obviously, I'm going to I'm going to avoid getting myself in. Uh, in trouble here by saying that if I had my first choice, I would obviously want to be there with my wife. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> oh, what a cop out! <laughs> however, <laughs> however, yeah, I uh, my my number one pick I, I would would probably have to go with Marjorie. However, and I think I've said this before, if Lady Elaine is still around, I don't think she's going to want me having Marjorie, and we all know what she does to people she doesn't want marrying her granddaughter. <laughs> so uh my my backup would probably be uh Degreet. Uh oh, yeah, 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 okay. If yeah. Uh, as, as long as as long as she, you know, bathes frequently does, does, and doesn't shoot you with an arrow. Yeah, that's uh, probably be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's that's that uh Elena murder and stuff and arrows aren't good, but good choices are good choices. Yeah. Uh, now, Mike, uh, we do have uh, Sean's email, and I think you have it in hand. Yes, yeah, so, well, I have it on screen. Oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> so, OMFG, gang. This is, by the way, Sean, uh, the ginger wildly north of the wall from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. That's how he signed it all. Uh, OMFG, gang, I am minutes removed to the season seven finale and still shaking. Literally shaking as I try to type this and rain in my thoughts. To me, this was the best episode of the season, hands down. Seeing the wall taken down by Viserion's death breath was pretty damn crazy. I like death breath. That's got a nice nice rhyme, yep. 
I'm trying to keep this clean and not utter, utter the many swear words I use as the wall fell and the army of the dead marched on past the rubble. Partly scared that my ginger hero Tormund may have died. Yeah, right. I am hoping he still has plot armor left. LOL. But seeing the Night King fly Viserion past the remains of the wall and into the north was literally one of the best sequences I can think of in a long time. Knowing the destruction he brings now that he is truly free. In the mix of feelings and sadness and being pissed off impatiently as we wait, uh, and being pissed off and patient, we may have to wait for up to two years for this, uh, to take this to the true end. I thought the episode had near perfect pacing, real interactions that due to all the events this season were not always possible. The, for me, the history nerd and lover of old architecture and getting to see the meeting in the ruins of the Dragon Pit reminded me of a version of the ruins of the Colosseum in Rome. It was so magnificent and sad at the same time, thinking of the noble dragons caged and locked up to die, not unlike all the animals and people who bled and died in the Colosseum. Seeing basically all the major characters together in a magnificent, magnificent scene, all the while having that sinking feeling that Cersei is going to F shit up for all of them. Yeah. Uh, for, well, I'm sorry, F shite up. Sorry. For all of them. For a second, I actually thought she would have the mountain kill Jamie, which had my pulse racing. Thank gosh for plot armor. Blah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Spelled, he spelled armor the, that wrong British way, too. Okay. Uh, this is this is this one is especially for you, Phil. But Sansa was fantastic as she read Littlefinger the nature of all his crimes against the Starks and all the machinations that led to so much death. Oh, and Bran chiming in with the true Warg style. He would be great to have at parties. Arya is truly an executioner, and now it's damn time she made her way south to pay hello to Cersei. I have so many, too many thoughts buzzing in my head right now, and I'm already. St- starting my rewatch of this episode. I'll be up until midnight time, but it'll be worth the lack of sleep. All I know is that season eight is truly the end game and seeing the misunderstood Night King free to make all of Westeros a graveyard oh, is going to truly be an experience. Shut up. Well, that is one way to bring equality to all is kill everybody. Ha! This episode exceeded what I hoped for and truly was again maybe only in my humble soulless ginger opinion the best episode this season. I can wait to hear your thoughts. I can't wait to hear your thoughts and all the thoughts on Facebook. I did everything I could tonight to avoid social media and is worth the sacrifice. Yes, I had read that Reddit Red Bull script spoiler, but it didn't ruin my experience at all. But I also made sure not to ruin anything for my friends. Thankfully, Phil, you were here to talk with me and allow me to discuss things we could not with others about the spoilers until it happened. Your assistance was much appreciated. Phil, you weak-willed bastard. Sorry, that was me. Um... Thank you, gents, as always, for fantastic episodes and entertaining banter. I would still love a three-hour episode listening to your discussions, meanderings, and going to all kinds of places. It's truly a pleasure for that. I salute you. I could truly go on and on, but that is your job, and I must return to the episode as they are in the Dragon Pit, LOL. Again, Sean the Ginger Wildling of the North north of the Wall from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. Thank you, Sean. Yes, thank you, Sean. Yeah, me and him um, have been instant messaging back and forth for the past three weeks. Um, every other day or so, t- uh, talking about all the the, um, the Red Bull and Reddit spoiler stuff. So. Weak. Uh, yeah, but but we're we're keeping it to ourselves. We're not sharing it. We're not trying to ruin it well, for other folks. Did, did I hear you sigh, Eric? Didn't you sneak a peek at those two? No, no. I just I listen to Storm of Spoilers, so whatever's on that show, I know. But I don't go looking for stuff on the internet. Yeah. So, so you, he, wait a minute. So you listen to a podcast on the internet. 
called Storm of Spoilers, which is about spoilers in Game of Thrones, but you don't go looking for spoilers about Game of Thrones on the internet. Well, first of all, I don't listen to it on the internet. I listen to it on my phone. Uh, and second of all, <laughs> the podcast originated as a show that compared what was happening in the show versus what had happened in the books. Uh, but now that it's beyond the books, uh, it's become more spoilery. In other words, Eric is trying to s- squirm out of, of being a weak-willed person like myself and Sean Fox. Uh, rather than weak will, I would describe myself as somebody who's unwilling to change his listening habits. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, that, I, I will go with that explanation, Eric. Thank you. Yes. Um, wh- one thing I do want to mention, um, I listened to on uh, one of the co-hosts of that show, Storm of Spoilers, uh, does another show called Cast of Kings, and she mentioned that um, the actor that plays Braun and the actress that plays Cersei's used to date in the past, which I know is true. I've, I've read that mm-hmm. too. But they do not want to be on screen together be, or on set together because of right. bad breakup. I've actually however, heard it's written into their contract. Yes. Okay. However, however, they have shared a scene once because the time when after Blackwater in season three where Tyrion's in his room and Cersei's in there ripping him and when she, and Braun wants to come in and he's about to fight um, the King's guard head, the guy that Arya eventually pops out his eyes. Um, and then Cersei's comes out and um, Braun is there in the same scene as her. So technically trick, trick photography, trick photography. They were there in the same room. Oh, is that really true? Did you read that? I, no idea. Well, if, well, first of all, I, if they weren't in the same shot, it's entirely possible that they filmed around that. You know that they filmed, you know, the shots with him and Tyrion, and then the films, the shots with her and Tyrion, and edited in a way that it made it appear that they were, they were there together. Or it could just have been because they were dating. I think at the in the early seasons. Were they? And I thought the, and it was it, done before the show started. I, I think I, I think somebody said it was like in 2014 is when they uh, things mm-hmm. got really bad between them. Right. So. Oh, okay. All right. It's interesting. All right. And, well, the, and, the, the reason it came up is because of a of a particular scene in this week's episode uh, where they're all at the dragon pit uh, and everybody's getting ready to breathe. And Bronn's like, hey, Pod, why don't we go for a drink? And they fuck off and then Cersei arrives. Uh, and so people have been talking about how weird that is. And that's why uh, Joanna Robinson brought that up in that context is to explain uh, the necessity for Bronn to disappear. Um, and actually, I really would have loved to see the two of them drinking together. And part of me is kind of hoping that, well, sort of Gendry rowing style, that we'll watch all the massive shit go down and everybody die and the wall falls and the Iron Throne is <laughs> melted. Bronn and, and Potter are still at the bar. <laughs> and then as the dust settles, we cut to Bronn and Pod stepping out of the bar and going, what did we miss? You know, it's just <laughs> that's me. Uh, uh, so I will say I will say that uh, the other podcast that Joanna Robinson does, Cast of Kings, is a non-spoiler podcast, and she has been amazingly good at not dropping any accidental spoilers on that show, considering how much she knows. Well, uh, there is such a thing as called editing before it's released. Well, that's true, but still. Uh, with whatever, whichever way it goes, it does take a lot of work because it's hard. It was, really, 
is difficult not to accidentally let something drop. Well, th- then we, we have to give credit to David Chen, the, her co-host, because he's the pr- guy that edits it. So he probably listens to it before he releases and goes, OK, I got to cut this out here. Well, everybody um, that's involved. Can we just yeah. give credit to everyone who's involved? And I understand they do a bang up show. Honestly, Dave Chen does the editing. He does. Phil is, Phil is the editor for Dark Discussions podcast. And so he's just he's just standing up for for his uh, fellow yeah, editor. He's standing up for editors, too. Now, I will say editing a podcast is a pain in the ass. I do it myself. <laughs> Right, right, and and editors are should not be underrated. Done. Underrated, that's right. Don't forget the editors. <laughs> uh, um, it's now, the editors uh, that are able to make a dragon fly north of the wall in just minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, <laughs> and, and ravens as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, I, Boy, ra- this scene is just dragging. How about we cut out these three, four hours worth of montage traveling sequences and. <laughs> they have more montages of of being shit being cleaned at the at the, the <laughs> nicest building. Oh, that montage was awesome! <laughs> Disgusting, but awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and then cutting over to the the pie, and it, it's like, oh, know, it's like, oh, dude, oh, was, come on. That's great. Uh, all right. Anyway, we, we should get back to this episode here. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. Uh, let's do that. Okay. Uh, well, a fairly long episode, 125 minutes or so. Um, so, uh, Mike, you were about to say something? Well, I just want to say something before I uh, read a little something before we, uh, before we commence discussion, actually discussing this episode. Uh, and that this is, of course, in honor of uh, Game of Thrones' most valuable player. His name was Peter Baelish. He came from the fingers. Master of coin, Lord of Heron Hell. Lord of the Vale, purveyor of carnal delights, we shall not see his like again. And now his plots have ended. <laughs> Very good. Rest in peace, Lord Baelish. Or <laughs> rotten hell, Lord Baelish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, possibly the last of the... Well, no, I guess you still have Cersei and the Mountain. Uh, but one of the last of the love-to-hate-them characters from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, now, uh, uh, this episode was called The uh, Wolf and the Dragon, I think? Dragon and the Wolf. Dragon and the Wolf, yeah. All right, so that obviously references... Uh, um, Danny and John. I would think so, yes. Um, oddly, though, that wasn't really the main focus of the scene until the very end, or I should say the episode until the very end, but uh, yes, um, they've been doing that a lot this, this season, like Eastwatch uh, doesn't appear until the last five minutes well, uh, of well, that episode. Yeah, my understanding is the original title is going to be, ew, 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 but they realized that would be a spoiler and uh, <laughs> and chose not to do that. Right. Um, well, my uh, wife uh, decided to finally watch Game of Thrones <laughs> because of all her entertainment weekly shows and all that talking about are Danny and John going to get together? And, you know, one of her best friends continuously says that she hopes Danny and John make beautiful babies together. So, so my wife had to watch the show and not only did she fall asleep halfway through and Ah. I had to wake her up for that scene, but by the end of the show, she goes, this show sucks. I'm texting Allie right now to tell her. (laughs) And so I said, all right, it is. Cause, this is not a show, an episode to jump in. I was gonna say, yeah. 
Um, halfway into an episode, seven seasons in, is a good way to judge a show. Yeah. Well, especially, especially it's, it's, especially right. when you're not into genre stuff too. So you know, this is. <laughs> well, and this and this episode in particular is so uh, just saturated with callbacks to past seasons, and yes, they has a real well, emotional resonance in certain scenes that. I thought was lacking in earlier episodes this season um, that will mean nothing. If you don't, what does that scene with Tyrion and Bronn mean? Uh, Somebody who hasn't seen the show. Somebody's ever seen the show before. And it for, uh, or the, just that awkward shot of like cutting back and forth of between Cersei and Jamie and Brienne. Well, nothing. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's actually one of the first scenes in the show is when they all gathered the dragon pit to have their uh their meeting except and gendry you notice gendry just disappeared this episode <laughs> that's gendry. what he does and and notice it in and well it's funny because they they do the whole behind the scenes month uh, bit on um the hbo go and hbo now where they talk about the making of this scene and it took 10 days to film it and i noticed they didn't invite sansa to come film in that scene but uh or Arya, they're they, like got left out so but, but, but otherwise it was like well, this big reunion with the stuff in the north well, yeah, and, but, and Baelish, too. He gets screwed. He right. Screwed. But this was like this big reunion because uh, not even a reunion. It was sort of like, I don't know, podcasting together for six years and finally getting everybody together in one place. Um, all <laughs> these like characters who, had never, who have never actually been on set together, like, oh, Cersei and Daenerys, um, they finally got to meet each other and, or, you know, and be on set together and be in character together. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them have probably been together on talk shows and photo shoots and things like that. Comic-Con and whatever. Yeah. So th- th- this was kind of a special thing. And if I on rewatch, this is half the episode is, is the, at, in the dragon pit. Mm-hmm. They could very easily have made this the shortest episode ever because it basically ends at about the 40 minute mark when they cut to, uh, Winterfell. Mm. Yep. Um, but if you had stopped, before the cut to Winterfell and just throwing the end credits on there probably would have been anywhere from 38 to 40 minutes long. And then you would have, could have used the back half as its own whole extra episode. And I don't, I don't think it would have been a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess they just thought that was too short to do that way. Yeah. People would freak out if they got a half hour episode or a 40 minute episode. But uh, I th- yeah, for me, I think this worked really well i think the pacing worked really well uh and and taking that time to really let these scenes play out this goes back to my complaints about that episode a couple of weeks ago like when we finally see jamie and Tyrion get together in the crypts at king's landing and there was really no pathos there right there wasn't there wasn't that emotional moment that you would have expected here we finally get that and I think we get that with all the characters who are interacting for the first time in many, many episodes. Well, and there were some that I thought hit better than others. Um, the ones I thought were super awesome were uh, the Hound and Brienne. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Their little discussion about Arya, I thought that was awesome. Um, and I also enjoyed uh, Tyrion's reunion with Bronn and how they kind of... Uh, they they take shots at each other for a couple of minutes and finally just stop and Tyrion says it's good to see you and Brent says yeah you too 
and and, yeah. ju- and, ju- and just that call back to the first ep- uh, first season of remember what I told you whatever they're paying you I'll double it <laughs> that's, <laughs> right, yeah right. that's what he said because he's trying to get Braun to join Danny's side right and uh, and Braun uh, I, I, I oddly showed a little bit more than just money because I think there's a little loyalty to Jamie too because he could have just said yeah I'll take the double right you know? yeah. Seriously. So, uh, and uh, but again, he, he obviously likes both of them, um, and I also like the Brienne and Jamie one too. That was good. Uh, the Brienne and Jamie was 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 nice. I don't think there was a lot of exchange between them until later, right? Where she says, "Yeah, it was, it was." It was. There was a post. tense exchange between yeah. them, but there was a lot of glancing. Right, and um, but I even liked the, uh, Tyrion and Podrick. Yeah, that was good too. Oh, that, I'm, that I'm, I'm not a lord anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, and uh, and Bronn and Podrick too. That was good, because back in the day it was Tyrion, Bronn, and Podrick yep. were the three. They were the, they were the yeah. three together. You know? Yeah, so that that was good. Um, so a bunch uh, of good reunions here. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the, the, the only reunion that I'm sad we're not going to get, um, and I was was hoping for one oh, more. Oh, Baelish and Varys. Is ba- Baelish and Varys? That would have been awesome. Um, that yeah. that's the one that you know that that's gonna that's gonna hurt. And really, Varys gets a little bit of dialogue at the beginning of the episode and then that's about it. And he really just kind of sits there looking all eunuchy for the rest of the show. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I, I have to sh- say, uh, someone posted on our Facebook group. I think it was Elizabeth Catherine gray, uh, behind the scenes stuff. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, you know, I mean on, on, this is what, seven years, some of the characters haven't, haven't seen each other ever. And others of are on screen as enemies, you know, where they would kill each other if they could. And then behind the scenes, like for example, they show Cersei's, uh, not Cersei's, uh, Lena Headey showing Peter Dinklage um, pictures of her kids on her cell phone or something like that, and and it was kind of kind of funny to uh, uh, see see them uh, uh, together as buddies and and you know there, on there's screen. Also a, uh, there's also an animated gif out there of uh, Brian scratching Davos's beard while he smokes a cigarette. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, and, and those people, I don't think, they, they've barely shown any screen time. I mean, they don't even, haven't even spoken to each other on screen. And yet, behind the scenes, they, you know, everybody's buddies. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know who else we, we didn't get to see down here was uh, of Giant Spain, right? He, he's Christoph Hyvar Hi- or whatever. His well, name is. yeah. I, mm, well, uh, I, I hope we see him again. That's all. That's all I can say about that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that scene. Yeah, in a bit. Um, but yeah, basically everybody that's in the the cast credits at the beginning during the the great opening was was in this scene except for four people: uh, Baelish, the the two uh, Stark girls, and Giant Spain. Everybody else was here. Right. It, it's amazing. Um, and we get uh, confrontation uh, between the Hound and the Mountain. That was kind of cool. Sneak preview of things to come. Right, right. Yeah, I, I felt it. It was out of place, though. It should have happened later because it was like everybody's getting ready to talk, and then he just walks up to him and starts talking to him, and it's like almost everybody around paused. Right in slow motion, and it was just them two, and it it, it felt like um, it could have been done a little differently, like later in the episode. I felt 
I don't well, know if it should have been done later, if it should have been done earlier. Yeah, yeah it's a little... It's a, yeah, it was a little... But I could see how it was a little hard to figure out exactly um, where to squeeze that in. Well, and this whole meeting took a little while to get started because we had that happen. Um, and then uh, Danny's favorite. not there yet. Danny's not there yet, so we, they got to wait for Danny to show, uh, show off. I got to say, when she shows up, she makes a hell of an entrance. Uh, <laughs> and, and this, Eric, is even before... Uh, this is after, I mean, um, the Sullied and Dothraki show up. Right, right. They've got the, they've got the whole army outside the gates just to... Just in case, um, it's almost like like she's trying to scare Cersei. So yeah, it's a show of force for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if that was a good move, honestly. Because if anything, you would think that would just make the person you're trying to to uh, make a bargain with be more pissed at you. Right? You know, they may be scared, but they're, they're definitely not going to uh, be happy about it. But well. It would have been dumb to show up without an army. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and and yeah, and I'm pretty sure that the Lannisters, because they were they were on Lannister home turf, and so the Lannisters certainly had their army. Uh, and and I think you had to show up with the dragon because the dragon is the big piece. And Danny made sense for her to kind of come later. First of all, it's a power play, right? Um, it is it is sending a message, and she gives a polite little. Oh, my apologies. But, you know, it's not really something she means. Of course, she didn't. She said, we've been waiting for some time. Now, I know they've been fast-forwarding a bit. I guess potentially they were waiting there for a few weeks. But they were waiting there for more like a minute, right? You know, so it wasn't a big deal. But I think you had to have a show of force. There is a, a mistake that she, a miscalculation that she made, uh, which we'll get into later. Uh, but, I don't, but I also think it was probably the safest way for her to get there. Well, and I also... I gotta say, I really loved when Drogon dropped off Danny. How he kind of walked down the the stadium, <laughs> looking around like, uh, "Where's that motherfucker that shot the bolt at me?" <laughs> oh, he's, he's he's drinking booze with Podrick. Right, right. But the way Drogon uh, walked down to drop Danny off, he was just looking around like, "Go on, motherfucker, try and make a move." <laughs> It was awesome. He's <laughs> a big motherfucker. He, he, when he yeah. landed, he was knocking. Um, I, I was watching because I was gonna, I was thinking uh, because I, I like just checking these technical things. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what's going to happen? Will the will his weight hold him and all this other stuff? And uh-huh. no, they 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 really paid attention. Well, they nailed to the, it. Yeah, because they showed pieces of uh, the stadium fall off. You know, boulder here or there. Because you know the, all the dust wait. from his wings when he landed that yep. was done well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they've um, used they, their. I money. think they've got the dragon physics down. Absolutely, yeah. yeah there's no doubt about it. And I think so, they got took them long the, enough. They, yeah, that's for sure. And they <laughs> and I think they got the um, the armies down too. You know the how because you know obviously it wasn't ten to twenty thousand people in the field. Sure, it was. But <laughs> all the extras. Right. That's why they can only afford to do seven episodes. <laughs> yes. uh, so, but to be honest, I bet you they could br- probably round up ten to twenty thousand people. So, well, how would they find extra? willing participants? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that, but the, but the problem is they would all be looking far more like myself and George R. R. Martin than they would be the Unsullied. <laughs> right. 
um, so, uh, yeah, so finally Danny comes, and she's the, as you stated, Eric, through, through Drogon the Dragon, um, as a show of coolness, I guess. And uh, Cersei's, instead of acting all scared, says, basically says, you're late, and we're yeah. waiting Cersei. for you. And, I'll, I'll give her credit. She did a good job of keeping her shit together when that dragon landed. Uh, she she was able to keep her composure quite well. Well, let's be honest, though. This is Cersei. We're grading her on a curve, right? It's, well, we have to give Cersei credit for not fucking things up the first three seconds. <laughs> well, then again, we are talking about the woman that was like, oh, well, my son's dead. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, what are we doing tomorrow? I have to give her credit, her character credit from season one to season seven, though, because she is becoming more smart, like her father. Um, she does have have uh, flaws. Oh, I think she's totally fucked up this episode, but we'll get there. Oh, okay. Um, and and her her father, but you know what? I bet you Tyrion would probably do something like. I mean, Tywin would probably do something like this too, um, but he would yeah, do it with, with a more logical perspective, I think. But um. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, talk. Oh, before we do that, did once Danny comes, was that when the first incident happens with the mountain and Sandor Corgain? I thought the and, mountain and, and and the hound happened before she got there, but then after okay. she got there, right? Uh, the, Tyr- Tyrion tries to get things started, and and this right? boy okay. jumps out of his seat and disrupts the proceedings. Is, is this the first time we've seen the new the Queen's Guard, the Black Guard? Because no. I don't remember seeing them all together in like the, with the black and silver armor before. They they had that armor on um, when Pissboy rode his horse into the throne room. Okay. I believe. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So they switched from. Well, you know what it is. It's because um, I think those were. Well, actually, no. I was going to say that. I think I think it changed when Cersei took the throne. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I don't think it has anything to do with the house. Right. I, I think it just has to do with what the leader wants. Um, right, but, I mean, if you watch throughout the series, right, so she mostly wore, uh, except when she was in the dungeon, the Lannister red and gold. Yep. Uh, you had the gold cloaks, traditionally, were yep. the uh, the Kingsguard. And she's completely dispensed with any, and this is why I think it's, I could argue she didn't fuck up this episode, is that she has no interest in, in past ties and past loyalties, uh, and and the Lannister house, she's worried about herself uh, and her her <clears throat> her her brother, uh, and that's Last about lover. it. <laughs> and, well, and, and power itself, right? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and, and hey, you know, you could argue that's a, a smart leader, but you know, we'll discuss as we, as we get closer because it appears that you, Mike, and you, Eric, have excellent points, or probably will have excellent points on either side of the argument uh, of, of how she decides to do what she decides to do. Um, so, yeah, so Piss Boy confronts... Uh, let me rephrase that. Euron <laughs> Greyjoy. Yes! I got you to say it! <laughs> you, you, you did. I don't know why I fell for that. Uh, yeah, so Greyjoy uh, basically insults Theon and insults Tyrion. And I can understand why he would insult Theon um, uh, I, I don't have any any idea. Oh, that's the what was the? I do t- because Tyrion. he's a dick. Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Tyrion's not a dick. No, piss boy. 
Yeah, but, it's basically yeah. He's 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 going after Tyrion because he's an easy mark, and yeah. he's you know he's a bit of a half wit, right? And in that, uh, yeah, he he's not as funny as he thinks he is, right? Right. Well, he, well, he's, he, he's definitely stupid because um, he hasn't c- killed Yara. And obviously that's because something's going to happen where she probably escapes next season or something stupid. Well, we don't know if he hasn't killed her. He claims he hasn't killed her. Right. Uh, We haven't seen her in a while. (laughs) Yeah. She could be having Magic Mountain time. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. That's That's what she was saying. That's the most horrifying thing in the show to me is whatever the fuck the mountain is doing to those women in the dungeon. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Uh fucking uh, seven foot zombie rape jesus christ <laughs> oh man anyway uh um now um yeah so then they basically jamie and cersei's basically tell him to shut the fuck up and sit down <laughs> one thing i wanted to mention i'm sorry i forgot while we were on the uh the mountain and the hound uh it's just because i looked it up because i was curious because in this scene the mountain and the hound are pretty much eye to eye and I was like, wait a minute, though. That dude that plays the mountain is fucking huge. Uh, so I looked it up, and uh, Rory McCann is six foot six, and uh, Hathor Bjornsson, I believe his name, the guy that plays the mountain, is yep. six foot nine. He's, he's actually three inches taller than the hound, but somehow they made him look eye to eye in that scene. So whatever they did, uh, I'm pretty sure it took a, took a conscious effort, and they did a good job of it. Yeah, it's uh, probably Apple boxes or something that they stand on top of. Something. Uh, it's, it's, it's because they do that a lot when you think about all the times you have your leading lady with your leading man. Right. And unless your leading man is Tom Cruise, often the leading lady is going to be standing like chest level with the leading man. Mm. Uh, so you got to find some way to uh, to do that. And as long as their feet are not invisible in screen, then they just hope you don't notice the discrepancy. But yeah, there are a lot of really tall all people on this show. Yeah. Uh, and Sansa being another one of them. Yeah. She's yes. tall. Yeah. And there's a lot of short when, people too. Particularly when viewed next to Macy Williams, uh, the yes. two of them are quite a contrast. Yeah. Because I think Sophie Turner is like at least like five, nine or something. Yeah. She's least. tall. And, and, and Macy Williams is, is four, sure. 11 or something like that, or five feet or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. It's a big contrast. Um, and and of course Brienne and and then we mentioned uh, Brienne is like six three, mm-hmm. yeah six three, um, so she's she's almost as much. Uh, probably, and Kit Harrington is tiny. Uh, yeah, he's nothing. And they make a joke about it on the show all the time, which is funny. right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, they they've done this for years, right, Mike? From all the way with Alan Ladd. Um, to now Tom Cruise and whatever, and then for even women just to get them a little taller, they have them on boxes or whatever to be next to their leading man and so forth. No, because I, uh, I mean, I knew that that Hathor was just a monster, uh, but I also know Rory McCann was was pretty big. I didn't know how big. I thought he might be six four. I didn't know he was six six. That's that's really tall. And he's yeah, still, he's still shorter than Hathor. <laughs> Somebody has it listed. Go online, type in. Uh, Game of Thrones cast sorted by height, and they've got the whole list. Um, oh Jesus! Did somebody do that? Somebody has done that, and I think I real I would be. Oh, I can't remember who I was. I think I was. I was. I think Ian Glenn. I think uh, uh, 
because I'm five ten and a half. So I'm sorry, I think it was, I rounded up like somewhere like, like number twenty nine. They started with Peter Dinklage and went up. Right. Right. Uh, Ian Glenn is is Littlefinger, right? No, Ian uh, Littlefinger is Ian Glenn is uh, oh uh, Bron. Shit. Yeah. No. Um, Sir Jorah. Scale dude. Yeah. Jorah. Oh. Oh my God. You're right. This is, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Aiden. Aiden something is is Littlefinger. I yes. think. Aiden Gillian yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Right. And I forget what Bron says. Now, and, um, sorry, I anyway, got us off track. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Maybe we'll read off the the the, the short to the tallest next episode when we do. Uh, no, draft. no, this is a massive list. We're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, um, it basically goes Tyrion, the Mountain, everybody in between. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now, uh, all right. Well, let's start talking about anything and everything about this episode. We we did mention Euron getting shut down by Cersei's and. Um, the mountain discussion with, or I should say the the, the hounds discussion with the mountain. But um, what do we want to talk about? Basically, what's what? Why right, are they let, here? Let, what's let, going on? Let, all right. So, so shall we talk about Cersei's plan then? Because I saw some people talking oh. shit about it. I didn't have an issue with it. Well, hang um, on. Before we get to the plan, let's talk with what actually happens at the meeting. Sure. Uh, yeah. Which which is that they brought this white down from beyond the wall, and Eric, I got you to say white. Yes, yeah, I you did. You turned me into a racist, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> they ain't zombies. <laughs> they are zombies. That's just a fancy name for a zombie. Uh, we'll call them ghouls. How about that? <laughs> anyway, um, they have it in a box, and the plan is to, to show one of these to Cersei. And so they bring out the box, because Cersei's not being cooperative at all in these discussions. And... Tyrion basically says, look, we can go around in circles forever, and we're never going to agree on this, but we have something to show you. And they bring this thing out, and uh, it certainly looks like they had rehearsed this. <laughs> because uh, it goes Russian at Cersei. And by the way, Cersei has the worst guards ever. Because uh, like this thing goes Russian at her and comes literally inches away from her. And nobody moves the goddamn muscle. <laughs> They're just like, oh, well, guess she's dead. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what we? Do you know what we needed at that moment? What? Another classic Master Pycelle fart. <laughs> but, right. I, I have uh, heard some some problems with this scene, Eric, um, uh, from other podcasts where they said that it was just coincidental that the chain was that exact length. Yeah, that was pretty coincidental. Um, but uh, you anyway, think, you think the hound did? The, wait a minute, the hound picked where to drop the box, right? Yeah. The hound probably knew how long the chain was, or he's not nearly as good as I think he is. Well, tell you what, he's got hella accurate depth perception. Then you sound like an apologist, Mike. <laughs> well, I, I just don't think it, it, there's any point in ruining people's fun over that particular one. That's well, no, not not the chain. I'm not going to get on about yeah. the chain. I mean, it was um, really uh, done for for obviously suspense Hollywood type moment right. where people would go, "Oh my god!" And then, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, if I was going to complain about anything in that scene, it would be how long it took the zombie to to come out of the box. That he was like chilling in there, just like, "No, dude, I'm fine." Until he kicks the box over. Well, right? and That's I think that thing. was meant to done to mess with the viewers because earlier, just in that same episode. 
the hound had kicked the box and the thing had gone fucking ballistic. So when he opens that box and doesn't do anything, you're kind of thinking, oh, shit, did it die? Um, because the last one they tried... Of course to, it died, it's a zombie. Back, well, you know what I meant. Um, so, yeah, what do you call it when an undead creature stops moving? It ceases <laughs> to be. It is an ex-parent. Anyway, so you think it's not moving anymore when he opens up the box and you're like, oh shit, did they go through all of this for nothing? I think that's what that pause was meant for, is just to fuck with us a little bit before he tips it over and it comes rushing out. Um, So it comes rushing out, heads for Cersei, they yank it back on a chain, the hound cuts it in half at the torso with his sword, and the upper half keeps on trying to crawl towards him. And then he chops its arm off. This uh, <laughs> is a great moment. Is that uh, like everybody's terrified of this thing, and the hound chops the thing, thing's arm off, and Kyburn is just like, ooh, <laughs> gets up and goes over to play with a disembodied hand <laughs> that's still wriggling around there, and he yeah. picks it up and looks at it, and then it's like. Oh, yeah, this isn't mine. And hands it back to John. <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest, that 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 might be me. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the little science nerd really wanting to, ooh, can I, can I see that? <laughs> right, so then John gives his dramatic uh, flourish to the presentation uh, and shows you can kill it with fire, and he lights a hand on fire, and then says you can kill it with dragon glass uh, and stabs it with his dragon glass dagger. And kills it dead. And uh, at this point, uh, Cersei, Cersei understands that these things are real, and Daenerys tells her that she saw about 100,000 of them marching towards the wall. Yeah. That can kind of suck. So, uh, Daenerys is trying to offer a truce to Cersei uh, so they can fight the undead together. And... Things get complicated. <laughs> uh, basically, Cersei's like, fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll call the truce um, as, as long as uh, Jon Snow promises to keep the Starks neutral. And a Reasonable request. Well, yeah. But uh, John's like, well, John, sorry. Now, basically, it says as long as John Snow stays neutral. And my impression of that was both before, right, right now, and after this is over. Right. He doesn't take a side in the war between the two queens. Right. Right. So uh, John says, uh, you know, I do like to keep my word when I can, which is why I can't pledge that because I've already uh, bent the knee to Daenerys. <laughs> and, and then, and, and that boy, does he get a bunch of shit for this? <laughs> oh, there, there were there. What's the sound of a thousand face palms? Um, that was pretty much it. <laughs> so Cersei's basically like, ah, all right, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it storms off uh, with with her people, and. Uh, Cersei, or not Cersei, uh, Daenerys is like, I really wish you hadn't done that. And Tyrion's like, 
I really wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> and Daenerys was, I really wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> right. Every one of them. I really wish I, um, really this is, well, this is a, this is a Stark thing. It is you a know. Stark thing. And there's, there is, we all know there's one Stark who, who doesn't feel how hide bound by honor to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And, that? and that, who do you, who do you think it is? The one Stark that lies. Uh, the right answer. One it, that this shouldn't line. be hard, Phil. Oh, oh, are you? No, because, because yeah, because she's got the the faces, right? Yeah, but Sansa, Sansa, is the one that lied to save her life. Oh God, here we go. Oh, stop it! Oh, stop! Stop! No, I'm not antagonizing her. I'm <laughs> saying that is the difference. That's Sansa does not have this high. Uh, Arya so, still high. So didn't so did Arya? Because jo- Joanna Robinson oh, proved it. All right, text me in er- half an hour. Er- when Eric, Eric, didn't Joanna Robinson say that? Arya lied for a whole season hanging out with Tywin Lannister when when well, she would have been really killed. Well, it doesn't really matter what Joanna Robinson said. That's that's, that's, that's fair. But uh, my point is that most of them are hidebound by honor, and and you could and I would argue that that's what Arya's list is. It's her own weird little honor list of honor honor killing she wants to do. Yeah, but Arya and Sansa lied to survive. But Sansa, I don't She's think is, is different. But Sansa's not the one that's hidebound by honor. She'll she'd be she'd be the one willing to say, yeah, fuck yeah, okay, I, I promise I won't do that. Well, it is a little bit different though, uh, and I would say between the two of them, Arya is the worst liar. Or by worse, I mean she's better at lying, but her reasons for lying are worse than Sansa's because yeah. uh, I, I would say that the whole like face thing is a form of lying and pretty awful. Yeah, <laughs> Never mind her whole season with Tywin Lannister. Right. Right. Uh, my point is that simply that our, that Sansa's more practical. Well, also, you got to remember, when Jon Snow's lying here, he's not going to be threatened with death or being locked in, in a dungeon. It's not. A, it, Phil, I'm not criticizing her. I'm just saying she's a more practical person. Yeah, right, John, well, John, John is clinging on to this noble uh, notion, and that's why people are giving him a bunch of shit, because Tyrion even says to him, can't you even lie once in a while? <laughs> and uh, John actually gives um, a heartfelt, fairly convincing speech uh, about how you, you, know, you can go ahead and make fun of my dad and say that's what got him killed, but at the same time, uh, if people just keep telling lies for the sake of making things easier uh words stop meaning anything if everybody's just telling lies on top of lies um which is which is true but at the same time i get why everybody's mad at him at that moment right well and and this is the thing right i mean it's there's there's different types of of setups where lies right i mean if you're captured by a religious fundamentalist kook in the middle east and they ask, do you read the Koran? Maybe you're going to say, yeah, I read the Koran, even though you never have, just because you'll be saved. Versus someone who'll say otherwise, and then they just get killed there because they refuse to lie, but they're dead. So here, Jon Snow, he's just doing the typical honor that he was taught from his father, which is, is you know, similar. To, oddly, Stannis is similar for different reasons, but... This is how it's written in the book. This is how it's supposed to be. This for this is this is uh, dignity, and this is the way you do it. And and this is what Jon Snow's doing. He goes, uh, I'm I bent the knee. I can't break this promise, and I'm not going to lie to Cersei's because that that 
is is bad too. And and in his eyes, it's not bad because it's bad in the sense that he's it, by tricking Cersei's, and if she found out, she would go nuts and attack them anyway. So why not just lay everything on the table, all your cards on the table, and let her make her decision based off of that? And, yeah. At the same time, though, it's the same stark weakness uh, that we saw in Ned, which is that he 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 doesn't stop to realize that no matter how honorable he is, the people he's dealing with are not. Uh, like Littlefinger. And, well, and, and like Cersei demonstrates later in this fucking episode that she's a backstabbing bitch uh, and totally set him up. For honorable people have a hard time understanding people without honor. Right. right. Right, and you got to understand that not all leaders or people that you work with or people that are on your live on your street are honorable people necessarily. So you got to understand that. Oh, I've every, learned that one the hard way. Yeah, me too. So for every time, every for every let's say a good leader, let's let's say that um, the King Hussein of of Jordan's a nice guy, a good leader. But for every King Hussein, you got you got a Kim Un or whatever the hell his name is. So. You have to work with them all differently. And then the thing is, for them, for their side, or even countries that some would say are in the middle, they're going to do what's best for them. And then there's also... The, Does this have to do with dragons? I'll explain. What this has to do is you do what you have to do to win. And Cersei's is going to do what she has to do to win, even right. if it's... and John is back, not. He's going to do what's honorable. Right, exactly, and and again though you can say that's stupid too because there's a, in in the world of politics or the world of this society, if you're you're going to be either dead and be dead, or you're going to be crazy and sane like Cersei's, or is there somewhere in the middle, like say um, I'm, tr- uh, I'm trying to think of someone that that is in the middle. There's not many. I, middle I think actually, as much as you would hate to say it, Phil Danny's in the middle. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, she's in the middle. I would say that. I was gonna say, because um, she's crazy, insane sometimes, but not intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or the wildlings maybe are, are that way too, because originally they are scumbags, but they're willing to reason and, and make peace when you know. Yeah. Okay. It, All right. You know? um, so, 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 so I guess. Depending on how you look at it, I mean, but Cersei's smart too because she says if she doesn't backstab them, they're coming after her later anyway, and she's going to lose because they have dragons. So, I, for someone that wants to win, well, I I don't know. Well, let's let's get let's describe the whole Cersei thing, and then and then we'll discuss it. Uh, which is that basically what happens is that after Cersei storms off, uh, Tyrion goes to talk to her on his own. Um, and there's actually this great scene uh, between Cersei and Tyrion, uh, where basically they lay it all out on the table about how pissed she is at him for everything he's done, including killing her father uh, and hurting her eyes. He's directly responsible for the death of her children as well. And Tyrion is trying to say, you know, yeah, I killed Tywin, but he did some really horrible shit to me before I killed him. And I never would have done anything to your kids on purpose. It just happened. And they have this whole scene where Cersei basically expresses how much she hates him. And Tyrion basically says, well, here here I am. There's the mountain. Have him kill me if you hate me that much. 
and she doesn't. Uh, and Tran is really glad, so he drinks a lot. <laughs> um, Eric, could I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, do, do you think the reason she didn't kill him was because if she did, that would be game over as far as that little gambit goes? Yes. Well, not even. I, I, no, what I meant was if she killed him, there was a chance that the Sully and the Dorathki and the dragons would be commanded by Danny to. Well, uh, I didn't even think about that, but that's also a consideration. Yes. That, yeah, because that's what I thought the reason why she didn't kill him. No, nothing to do with tricksters or I still love you, brother, or anything. Yeah, I felt that. Oh, I don't think she's ever loved him. Well, you, no, you, you know what I meant. Yeah, well, you know what I meant. That you, you have the last name as me, therefore I'll give you some respect. Um, I think it was specifically for the fact that if she killed him, then that could spark an immediate in attack on the city by uh, her enemies. Nah, well, th that's something to consider, but I thought it was more because she was trying to intentionally use him as a pawn to make him look like even more of an ass than Jamie did with the whole Castle Rock thing. Um, Casterly Rock, rather. Uh, she basically used him as a pawn uh, and, and basically... Uh, used a hard tell to get him to guess that she's pregnant. I don't know what her reason for wanting him to know that was, uh, but she certainly didn't have to stretch and touch her stomach the way she did. Um, that looked pretty intentional to me. And uh, then she sends him back out with the, with the false promise um, that they're going to cooperate and fight this war against the army of the dead together so that basically when she goes back on her word later as she's planning to do um he'll look like an ass again uh for having parted a deal that wasn't any good yeah i think the whole point of the the baby is that she has to convince them that she has something to fight for Mm -hmm. Besides, besides right. power and, and megalomaniac, right? In other words, right? Because what does she care if you know? In fifty years, when she's dead in the ground, the whole world is taken over by by the dead. Uh, so by saying, "Oh well, she has a child," and the one thing that Tyrion does believe about her is that she loves her children, right? And and that's another reason why the three children are discussed in this um, this scene. And specifically the, the, the two good children that, that died. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, that that's another good point, Mike. And, and also what it does, it gives Tyrion guilt that he didn't help Tommen and Marcella. Because Marcella, you could argue, was directly his fault she's dead because he's the one that sent her away in the first place. And Tommen, he, he, uh, he didn't help either. Though he obviously he didn't have as much chance to help him because if he came back to help Tom and they would have caught him and executed him for killing his father. But the the thing is is that he feels guilty that they died and he loved them, and and also Cersei's has a now an, another innocent and in, in her belly. It makes him think. I, I don't know. I, I think it's also if it's not just. I, I, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a play for her to make him feel um, differently about his errors, and, and you know what I'm saying. So he's and think differently now. about. It's a way to make her th make him think differently about her. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and his doubts for what what he did to his family, even if they weren't really his fault. Now he's thinking, oh my God, I, I'm partly responsible for Tommen's death and and the the sister's death, and you know, on and on. So yeah, so it makes sense. Um, yeah. It's a good it's a good play by Cersei's. Well, but it reminds me there was the line is, about um, Varys had said about Littlefinger. Which go on. Was, go on, Mike. Sorry, he said where he said uh, that Littlefinger would let the world burn if he could be Lord of the Ashes, and I think that also sort of sums up Cersei. No one thinks that she's going to sacrifice for this for the benefit of mankind, right? Well, so it's the it, thing though. It's it's not. Uh, I'm so frustrated by this whole thing because, uh, yeah, I understand Cersei's selfish, but at the same time, she saw that fucking thing. Uh, and there, there's a great. I forgot to, to mention the the the, uh, the confrontation between Jamie and Brienne after uh, Cersei goes storming off. Brienne basically runs after Jamie and says, uh, "Look, no, this can't end like this. We have to all fight together to against these things." And he's like, "No, I I, I serve the queen, uh, and you serve Sansa and and the king of the North." And we'll just do that. And then she basically, and this is huge for Brienne to say, because we all know Brienne is all about being loyal, right? Yeah, right, she's right. Also, she's also, she's all about fulfilling her oaths and everything like that. And she basically grabs Jamie by the shoulder and says, fuck loyalty. We, we, we've got to kill all these things. We've got to work together to just to survive, because otherwise these things are going to kill all of us. And she's not wrong. So basically, I mean, I get that Cersei's thinking, though, well, they're just going to come after me after that war is done anyway. But if she doesn't fight in that war against the dead, it doesn't matter because they're all fucking dead. Yeah, but you know what, Eric? She says something later in the episode, which is true, too. She goes, whether it's the, the dead army or Daenerys' army, someone's coming for me. So I'm not going to support either of them. I mean, yeah, but if it's the army of the dead, then the army of the dead increases by however many troops Daenerys has. But she's, she's dead anyway. She doesn't dead, care. Exactly. It's either being burned, but like the Tullys, I mean, or, or the whatever. Yeah, uh, Sam Tullys burned oh, like the Tullys okay. are killed by by the Whites. And in, in her opinion, the same thing is: is we're dead. So fuck that. I'm not going to help any of them. Well, I, I guess I think it's short-sighted. No, again, no. It's like but that's, uh, my, that's Mike, yeah. It's like you said, Mike. In fifty years from now, she's dead. So who fucking cares? So if she dies by a white or a dragon, she, no, neither is good. It's but not like they're giving her a saying. Okay, after the war, we will bend a knee to you, Cersei's. They didn't say that. Right. It's it's that she's she had a line earlier in the season where she's talking to Jamie and she said, this isn't for our family. This isn't for the kingdom. This isn't for the people. This is for, this is about us. Yeah. Right. This is just, yeah, yeah, that's the same conversation. So she is, she is completely at this point of all about her and herself and fuck everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Her survival. Right. Right. And she's fucked one way or another. Either the dead are going to kill her or the living are going to kill her. And she's playing a gambit because, again, I think we're back to Cersei's not as smart as she thinks he is. She is going to – she has a plan to betray them thinking she'll come out on top. 
and she saw it. I think actually seeing the 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 dead in front of her, um, maybe gave her a moment of pause or made her have to rethink about how to approach this. But you can still question how much she really understands what they're facing, right? Or does she think that well, I'll just use wildfire and kill kill them all, or Kyburn will get me out of it? <laughs> maybe right. Well, and that's the know. thing. I, I think it, I think it's a gambit. That's exactly what it is. It's like maybe the two armies will kill each other, and then you know, then she she sweeps in with the vacuum, right? And there's here's a World War II reference right after um, Japan is is gone. Right after Japan's gone and Germany's gone, guess what happens? The commies roll in and they fill the vacuum in China and Eastern Europe. Cersei's thinking the same way. And then the other thing is that she's thinking about is, as Mike said, that was an excellent example, Mike, is I still have wildfire. I still have the Golden Company coming. We haven't even talked about that yet. I still have Yaron ships. So whoever comes for me, I'll stop them myself. And they're going to be weaker, in her opinion. Well, unless uh, Drogon catches the fleet in the middle of the ocean with a golden company on it and burns them all to the ground. I, I, yeah. Again, it's a gambit, though, right? I mean, it's, it's, that's, <laughs> right. that's the point of a gambit. I'm just, I'm yeah. just fantasizing now. <laughs> but it's also, but let's also remember, what does she see? And this is why I said the mistake that, that Danny made in flying it on the dragon. And she points this out. Which yes, is that, that was a good one. Yeah. That, they've, that there's they fly, only two dragons. That there's only two dragons. Um, and she doesn't. And she's smart enough not to say, "Hey, where's your third dragon, Danny?" Mm-hmm. And then Danny would cry and run off. But um, <laughs> you don't have to be so mean. But so it she realizes that this is a show of force. And if you're doing a show of force, you don't just leave a dragon off babysitting Theon somewhere. Uh, so actually, seeing what Theon was there. Theon was there, right? Okay, yeah. or babysitting a fleet, which, by the way, Jamie raises. Jamie raises, and was a perfectly rational explanation. But I think she, but she grasps it immediately. Mm-hmm. That therefore, they are vulnerable. They can be beat. Yeah, by the army of the dead. <laughs> this is Cersei. We're not talking about the most sane person either. <laughs> Right. Technically, at this point in the history of Westeros, she's similar to the guy in North Korea right now, Eric. Uh, All right. Stop it. She's the, she's stop it. She's, she's a survivor. Stop. She's a, she's insane and she's evil, but she's also a survivor and she plays gambits and, and she's plays a cunt, and I hope she dies. But she's well. Here's the well, she's, no, no. But then the show sucks, right? Because that's she's one of the great reasons the show exists. Here, I mean. Here's the problem: she pulled off something nobody has ever done before. And the problem sometimes with people who pull off something that no one's ever done before is, is that they start thinking they can always pull off something that people think is impossible. And because they'll say, "Well, it's impossible to beat the army of the dead." Well, nobody would have thought I'd, I could blow up the sept and become the queen of King's Landing, the first woman to sit on the Iron Throne. Hmm. But yet she is, right? So she's, you know, so she's using that, I think, in her, she's, again, more confident in her abilities. She's got a a zombie mountain sitting on one side. She's got Kyburn on another side. She had Jamie for a minute and a half. And she's all Miss Clever. I've got the Iron Bank behind me, and I'm bringing in the Golden Suns. Her big mistake, though, was that she didn't tell Jamie about any of this plan. Well, that's uh, the problem. That's the problem. And yeah. so she's got 
piss boy in on it, but Jamie doesn't know anything about it. So when he when she finally reveals this to him, he's fucking pissed, and I don't blame him. Well, especially, um, especially when she he reveals she reveals it. It's he's planning how they're going up north to help the fight, and then she says. No, we're not going up. What are you doing? Are you stupid? Because you are really, you really are the stupidest Lannister. Is what she says. To yeah, him. exactly. Like, goddamn, bitch. But does Jamie seem like a good bluffer to you? Not, um, no, not always. Yeah, and he's, you, she's already been quote unquote betrayed by him already by him talking in secret which, with his brother, which yeah, is a which, bunch of shit, by the which way. Is a, that's it not is a what bunch of shit. And she got, even, but, she, Eric, and she even admitted it by saying that I know Braun set you up to to meet Tyrion. Right. You, you didn't even know he was going to be there. So that was bullshit. I but agree. he said, but he, but he said that the next time he'd see his brother, he was going to kill him, and he didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And don't and, tell me uh, well he didn't have a sword because Jamie could have done it with one hand. He would have had to. <laughs> and Jamie's um, had enough of Cersei's shit, and so basically uh, he's like. Fuck you! I'm keeping my promise. I'm going to fight this fight against the army of the dead up north. And she was like, "No, you're not. Nobody walks away from me." And, and, and basically threatens to have the mountain kill him. Uh, and he calls her bluff and walks out. And she doesn't have the mountain kill him. So now he's headed north. And it looks like he's headed north by himself. So this is, this is true. Yeah. First of all, let me say I think the the I'm, I'm taking a guess that the fundamental flaw in her plan here is that she forgot the lesson she taught Littlefinger, which is that pa- power is power. Power yeah, is power. power. Yeah, and she's thinking money is power. Right. Well, she can, she has power with the Golden Company as long as she has the money. Right. And. I could very easily see Davos, who has already sweet-talked the, the Iron Bank before, or someone just saying, uh, crazy bitch is going to destroy the world. Right. And you're funding her. Uh, okay, uh, cut up the credit cards. <laughs> and the Iron Bank, you know, saying, well, you know, and, not, and, and then saying, uh, go, go, sorry, saying, go, go attack the Winterfell. And the Golden Company is saying, hold on, let me get the ATM. Oh, nope, sorry, funds aren't there. We're going back home. Well, and um, my, my other part, just from a, from a kind of nitpicky point of view, is that uh, she's she's got Piss Boy and his fleet headed over to get the Golden Company and bring them back. And uh, she says that because basically when they bring bring out the, the zombie in front of Cersei, the white uh, zombie, and <laughs> Uh, he basically says, nothing's ever terrified me until I saw that. Uh, and he asks if they can swim, and John says, no, they can't. And he goes, okay, fine, I'm going back to my island. Peace out. <laughs> and he leaves. And later, Cersei says, oh, do you really think that he's going back to his island? He's going to get the Colton Company. And it's like, well, uh, I don't know, man. Because do you think Cersei and Piss boy really had a conversation. Well, just in case they happen to show up with a zombie uh, and convince us that this whole thing is real, you act like you're really afraid and going back to your islands, but really you're going to go get the Golden Company. Do you think they had that conversation? Because that seems like a, I don't know, unless they've been playing Littlefinger's game of trying to predict all possible outcomes. No, I don't think they needed to. I think they knew. <laughs> I see, I. 
you don't have to predict everything. You just have to put yourself in the right position. They knew exactly what was going to happen uh, well, on the broad strokes. They were going to come and try to convince them the Army of the Dead was coming down and was going to destroy everyone, and that's why they needed the truce. They knew that. They didn't know they would be bringing a zombie with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, but that added. It's like so we could just easily said, okay, so they're going to make this argument, and you just say you're, you'll find an opportunity at this point in the argument, the discussion, to say, you know what, I didn't sign up to fight the dead. Bringing the 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 dead soldier with them just made it more convincing. Right. It gave uh, it gave him something to play off of. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ba- basically, as we've seen a lot in this season, season seven, a lot of things are done off screen. All these machinations are done off screen, and they pop up out of nowhere. And they do make sense after the fact. It's just that some folks, like I guess you here, Eric, are a little perturbed because it seemed a little falsehood. But Mike sums it up perfectly, which is. They had it set up where at any point that the discussion of the dead are coming or whatever, that's when you bail. And so she sets up Danny and John and everybody else to think that she just lost her fleet. I guess. And when in actuality, what she's doing. Well, a lot of things in this season have been, including the Winterfell stuff, which you haven't even talked about. Which has been brilliant. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll discuss well, well, that that, that that we can go to Winterfell next if you want, because uh, I mean we're pretty much done with the Dragon Pit, right? Yeah, and Winterfell was really the next thing that we got to. Yeah, I mean there's only two other things after that, which is the Theon crap and uh, East. Oh, oh, it was not crap. crap. Um, well, well, there's, it depends on which scene. There were two scenes. One was I thought was crap, and one wasn't. But we'll discuss. Okay, so we go to Winterfell, and there's this shot of Sansa standing. Uh, on top of Winterfell in her cloak. And the first thing I thought was, damn, she does look a lot like Boy George. <laughs> uh, she really did, actually, from the side. Uh, but basically, we go to Winterfell, and there's... How does it start? I guess they start with... Uh, the note. She gets the uh, message from John. Right. She gets the message from John that he's bent the knee. And right. Kind of and so, so we have to assume at this point she's an episode behind. <laughs> or her raven was having particular trouble flying through the storms. Right. Uh, at less than Mach 5, uh, unlike everybody else's ravens. Well, those, because the winds apparently are blowing, uh, are blowing south. So, right. the, so the raven flying south to Dragonstone. That's how it got to Dragonstone. So picked fast. up speed where the the ravens flying to Winterfell are flying into the headwinds and getting slowed down. Right, right, that's it. So she gets this scroll saying that uh, he's bent the knee, and uh, Littlefinger actually kind of defends him. Says, "Well, you know, uh, uh, he's young and unmarried. She's young and unmarried." And sounds like, "What do you think he wants to marry her?" And he goes, "Well, it actually makes a lot of sense as an alliance." Uh, which is true. Well, but again, this is Littlefinger supporting John to turn, try and turn Sansa against him or poison the waters a bit. Because yeah. if he's because now he's going to be marrying a Targaryen bitch, 
right? right. And, and you can't imagine, and we still don't know how the North is, the rest of the North is going to take John bending the knee to Danny. And I don't think it's going to be a good thing. Right. Um, maybe, maybe Sansa can talk them down out of it, or John can talk them down out of it, but I think the, the, the first reaction is going to be, fuck no. Right. And so I can't imagine Sansa's having that much better of a response to that. And then he says, oh, and he apparently is infatuated with her bosoms, and therefore they will be making sweet Targaryen babies together. <laughs> well, here's uh, the thing, though. That, that bomb's going to be something else when it goes off, because, uh, yeah, I mean, the reason he got kind of, I wouldn't say it was a boat, uh, but I guess he was, he was uh, chosen by the people uh, as king in the north is because he's Ned Stark's son, and we know he's not Ned Stark's son. Um, he's got some Stark blood in him, but it's from he's his Ned Stark's side. nephew, right? Uh, and it's the it's the exact opposite problem that Danny's going to have, right? It's a what <laughs> Danny's right, and that that John has a better claim to the Iron Throne, and Sansa now has a better claim to well. Winter and Cup. here's here's uh, let's talk about this because yeah, from a succession standpoint, you're right. But at the same time, like this scene is where Littlefinger makes his big mistake. Uh, because he's basically, he starts playing this game with Sansa again. Uh, and basically tries to point her towards, oh, your sister is trying to kill you so she can be the Lady of Winterfell. Right. And, and I really think this is where uh, Sansa figures out that she's being played. And by the way, Phil, I'm going to say it. Kudos to your girl. This episode, she finally came through. <laughs> she got her shit together in a major way in this episode. Uh, so she finally figures out that she's being played when he tries to do this because uh, she probably stops to think about the scenario that he's put forth. It's probably incomprehensible to Littlefinger that anybody would not want to be in the highest seat of power available to them. Right. But... Sansa knows for damn sure that Arya never wanted to be a lady. She doesn't want to be the Lady of Winterfell. Um, and so this whole scenario that, that Littlefinger's proposing is ridiculous, and he's just trying to play the sisters against each other. Well, Eric, if I could interject, she, what it does is because he says, you know, think of all the different scenarios and whatever, she does, which is she, like you said, Arya, it's not Arya that wants to take over. And how did she get the letter and note and all this? And then she's putting all the things together. And she then looks at Littlefinger and puts his, him in the scenario and says, okay, what does he want? And then she works it in her mind and she says, okay, he's right. the one that, yeah. And, and Right. He, 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 first of all, I fit, uh, a great performance, I thought, by, by Sophie Turner in that scene because she doesn't give off any stunningly obvious cues but it, yeah, you she, could she didn't have an aha moment visibly but but you could but you if you're looking for it it's clearly there right you the, the wheels are starting to click and the so mistake number one is exactly what you said is that he he betrays his ignorance of of, of aria and that and so sansa immediately knows everything he said is untrue because that last statement is true but he also gives her the, the, the key, right? He gives her the right. tool to figure out he's the one behind it because then she could turn that same tool. Well, what's the worst possible motives behind what Littlefinger has done 
Why is he trying to get uh, saying this about Arya? And it's because oh, because all along he's being a lying fucktard, <laughs> and well, he's been playing us like a fiddle. Later. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, as she said, she is she she is a slow learner, but she does learn. Yep. yep. All hail, lady slow learner. <laughs> um. So basically, that's uh, that's what goes down at at, uh, at Winterfell. I, and I think it's a stock thing. Too, the slow burners. Yeah, well, because they said that about, uh, about, about, them, about Dad too. Yeah, a lot of and, them, and, and John Snow and and yeah, yeah. A lot and of Rob, them, Rob. A lot of them end up dead before they learn. Yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. Rob and, and Ned, yeah, them for yeah, sure. Yeah, that 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 is absolutely a fair point, Phil. It is a stark <laughs> trait. Yeah. Which is why um, she should have married Littlefinger. They could have had some smart Stark babies. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, basically, there's this scene where uh, Sansa summons Arya to the Great Hall, or has somebody go retrieve her. And there's this moment where you think that she's putting uh, Arya on trial. Uh, But nope, she's just a fool, because she basically says you're on trial for murder, treason. How do you respond to these charges? Lord Baelish. And then everybody turns to look at him. Um, I, I think it was a little bit silly, but it was kind of awesome at the same time. <laughs> I, it was one of my two favorite, two, two, two priceless facial expressions in this episode. And it was that, that he's clearly about a half a page behind everybody. Uh-huh. And you, and he's, you see him kind of, wait a minute, what did she say? Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's like, aha, now she's going to, wait, what? Right, it wasn't one of those, and the real murderer is the butler, and then the butler tries to scramble out. You know, it's that, wait, huh? <laughs> Who? It's, which is, is kind of caught flat-footed, because he's too clever by half, and didn't think Sansa could figure him out. Right. Admittedly, Sansa did have the help of the magic bran muffin. Well, and really, I think that's the only thing that uh, that ultimately broke little fingers resolved to just deny everything is that uh Bran I told already, you not to trust me. <laughs> Bran already demonstrated to him previously when he presented him with the dagger uh that he knows shit about Baelish that he should know. Uh and so then Sansa's leveling all these charges against uh Baelish here, all of which are entirely true and and basically lays out like I'd forgotten all, all the horrible shit that Littlefinger was responsible for until she like lays it all out here. I'm like, holy shit, he's one bad motherfucker, uh, <laughs> and and he's like, no, wait, that's not exactly how it went. And oh no, I deny it. I wasn't there. And then Bran says something. What does Bran say that just breaks him? Uh, oh, um, you held a knife to his throat and you right. said, "I told you not to trust me." Right. Uh, and then at that point. He just realizes he's completely fucked because they've got psychic Raven Boy over there, uh, and that's when he really just uh, starts pleading. Um, he demands that somebody take him back to the Vale, and they're like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> and then uh, Sansa pretty much uh, says, uh, "Yeah, thanks, thanks for all the lessons." And Arya executes him by slitting his throat with the cat's paw dagger, showing that Sansa didn't learn all of her lessons from her father. Because remember, right. Who passes the, the, the sentence, sentence swings, swings the sword. The blade. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, 
But but we would have been there for a long time if we had to I don't, wait for Sansa to cut his head off. To be fair, she wasn't there for that lesson. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they don't well, use the ladies that when they're when they're doing their needlepoint. You know. Well, two things. One, I don't think Ned was expecting a, a woman to lead winter. Right. You know the the north, and so I don't think he was expecting a woman to do it, even though Arya did. And and two, Eric, um, nothing wrong with needlepoint. Nothing, nothing wrong. And, right? it's, and it's, well, it's, I consider George R. R. Martin to be misogynistic for for stating otherwise. It's a well, hobby. There's, there's it's nothing a wrong hobby. with needlepoint. I was just trying to illustrate a point that yeah. that is the not type of training that Sansa received. That's well, and we and we all saw what happened when Theon tried uh, executing. Uh, uh, what is it? What's his face? With the with the really long sideburns. Oh uh, God! Yes. Oh, uh, I forgot about Roderick. that. Roderick. Roderick. Right. And oh. It took took like three swings. Could you imagine Sansa sitting there? I mean, well, I think that's the reason why Arya Arya probably couldn't yes. do it either. So that's why she's yeah. Just we're slipped. just we're just we're just fucking with her a little bit. Yeah. It's obviously, uh, she would need an enforcer arm, but I don't think this is Arya's role, right? She's trained to be an assassin, not an enforcer and an executioner. Right. right. But uh, I'm sure she was happy to do this particular one here. Uh, right, because basically Baelish was trying to get her killed, is what it was, and so she right. should have the right to kill Baelish. Oh, well, not only that, but I mean, he's been the one that should have been, if she knew better, at the top of her list all along. Right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. The one uh, well, and yeah, because Sansa lays it out. You were the one that started the war. You were the one that killed my, my aunt and turned her into a kook. You were the one that um, betrayed my father and got him executed. You're the one that started the war with the Lannisters, with, with the Starks, by claiming that the knife was Tyrion's. You know, on and on and on. And so, absolutely, Mike. Yeah, Continue. so uh, he, he finally gets his comeuppance. And then... Uh, that's most of Winterfell, except there was a there was a scene with Arya and Sansa on top of Winterfell talking, and I actually really enjoyed this scene because um, they basically mend mend their bridges, and uh, and and Arya says, "You're right, I never could have survived what you survived," and Sansa says, uh, "Yes, you could have. You're the you're the strongest person I've ever known." And Arya says, "You know what? That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me." <laughs> Sansa says. Don't get used to it. You're still very strange and annoying. <laughs> that, that was awesome. I thought that was a great line and a total sister line too. It was. Uh, it, was it was. It was. Uh, but, but do you know what I actually liked the most about that? What? Is at at the end of the scene they pan up and behind them is the Tower of Bran, right? The tower where he right. got pushed out, where all this shit got started. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so I, that was a great callback. And and then they also um, do the that poem, which was kind of cool. And they recite different lines of the poem, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, with the, some winter northern poem, stock poem type thing. Yeah. And was this when there was a neat scene with as we watched the snowfall, and they did a quiet choral version of the the Game of Thrones scene uh, theme that I really liked. Oh, when um, ja when Jamie saw the snow. Oh, it was when Jamie saw the snow. Right. I think it okay. was when yeah. Jamie. Yeah, there was a yeah. very quiet scene. Yeah, because that was cool too. Because when Jamie leaves Cersei's, he's uh, heading towards Harrenhal, and um, it starts snowing, and 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 King's Landing, it hadn't snowed in like a hundred years because of these long summers, and right. uh, and he he's like 
shit, it's the winter is coming. Our winter's here. Mm-hmm. So and now and now that Littlefinger has died, we get to cut to the new greatest player of the game of Game of Thrones, and that is of course Sam Tarley, <laughs> who arrives at Winterfell and and goes to see Bran. Well, uh, and, uh, yeah. Don't, don't you love the lines when there. when when everybody at, when everybody asks Bran how are you doing? He goes, "I'm the three eyed Raven," and, and everybody goes. <laughs> Like, like Sansa says, what what does that mean? And then Arya said something like, okay. And then then Tally's the best line. He goes, oh well, that's that's wonderful. Good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, all right. Because he says it in a way that is supposed to, like it's supposed like to mean something knows. to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and there's also a good moment later when he says uh, says something about John bending the knee to to Targaryen. And Sam goes, oh, did you see that in a vision? <laughs> he just holds up a raven scroll. He's like, oh. <laughs> uh, so, but, but a lot of people are, uh, in fact, I've seen a couple of memes already, <laughs> confused about how, how the fuck it is that Mr. Three-Eyed Raven over here, who can see everything, past and present, didn't fucking already know <laughs> about Rhaegar Targaryen's secret annulment and remarriage. <laughs> uh, Eric, did, did, yeah. do you know what's behind your couch route now? Yes. Okay. Dust. Coins. Yeah, that's right. But uh, wait, pieces, you, you, uh, pieces of the chips. You, you, <laughs> you, you, can see, you can see what's there. It doesn't mean you've actually looked. So Bran never looked for... A secret wedding. You know, we, he saw other things. He saw that. He didn't realize there was more to see. He's been trying to. He's, uh, he's been trying to catch up on a whole lot of back episodes. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I'm with you, Eric. Though it's 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 a little um, too convenient for the plot to have it this way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad Sam. Well, it's not for the plot; it's of... for the audience. It's the right, right. That's you right. need yeah. to explain yeah. it to the yeah. audience because they're not yeah. gonna. Because there's a lot of people who, I don't know, don't do weekly podcasts about Game of Thrones, who will miss the 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 important points here. Yeah, the who book doesn't stuff. do a weekly yeah. podcast about Game of Thrones. Doesn't everybody uh, have one? I think now, yeah, just about. True, true. Uh, so yeah, Sam and uh, and Bran team up and and basically figure out that yes, uh, John is his real name is Aegon Targaryen. And he actually, has, actually, originally it's Aegon Sand. So then, then that's when Sam goes, no, 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 it's, no, John, it's John Sand. No, it's not. It's because he's not a bastard, right? right. W- which made no sense to me because even if he was a bastard and was born in Dawn. He had no ethnicity of Dawn, so you would think he would still be a, whatever uh, the Targaryen. I am unsure as to whether it's that actually would be stone, based on, right? I don't know if it's based on the heritage of the parent or on the physical location of where the child is. Well, then, then Jon Snow wouldn't have been Jon Snow ever, right? Because he was born down. Oh, that's there, a good point. You see what that's I'm saying? So oh, yeah. I don't, I don't well, understand wait a why minute. they would, would think be, if you, Wait, 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 wait. What's... Well, that, the question is then, where are the Targaryens from? Right, because... Are they, they from thought, Dragonstone, aren't they? Is well, they, they, they set well, up Dragonstone. So, right, so the, the question is, it would be uh, whatever, the, whatever the Targaryen bastard name is, 
is the one he would have taken. It wouldn't have been Snow, which is the Stark bastard name. Well, here's the thing, though, is that the the whole thing was a scam anyway. Ned right. was That's fucking lying right. to cover up for his sister, which is why I gave him the last name of Snow. Right. Right, right, right. But we're still curious what the Targaryen is. Uh, their bastards' kids are called, but yeah. Um, but I yeah, think it is Stone. Yeah, it probably was. But e- either yeah. way, it didn't matter. Um, what it was was Ned didn't want his friends Robert, Char- Robert Baratheon, and um, John Arryn to know that the war was fought over the fact that his sister betrayed Rob Baratheon mm-hmm. he, and also that to protect Jon Snow or in other words his sister's son from being possibly killed because he's a Targaryen. He's a Targaryen, exactly. Yeah, I don't think there's any possibility. I think Robert would have killed him. Um, yeah, because he's a Targaryen. He certainly would have tried. <laughs> yeah, well, at least like, at that... Just like he did with Danny. Right, but, but then by the end... We, I got to give Rob Baratheon credit that he goes, I was wrong and I, I, sh- I shouldn't try to kill the Targaryen children. But at the time, he most certainly probably would have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's the deal with, uh, with, uh, and of course, while this is all being revealed, <laughs> we give this lo- lovely intercut uh, where they're verbally explaining John's heritage and how he's actually the rightful heir to the throne. And his real name is Aegon Targaryen. Uh, and well, I don't believe it. I don't. Well, I, well uh, he's hooking up with Danny on the boat. <laughs> so they're making sweet, incestuous love on screen uh, while this is all being revealed. My wife was pissed because she she watched the whole episode because of that scene, and she goes, "We we see Jon Snow's ass inside boob of Danny and two pumps, and that's it." Yeah, I, I just wasted an hour and twenty five minutes watching this crap show for that. <laughs> they go, oh, what are you going to do? Uh, well, I guess it, it was tame compared to previous seasons of Game of Thrones. Well, it was also not intended to be, you know, porn. Um, you know, they didn't want to be playing. Uh, was it uh, bad company and feel like making love? You know, it's a uh, in the background. It's. Uh, it was intended to be more of a, a somewhat more passionate and steamy romantic scene, not a right pound pound away scene. But it's uh, but yeah, but you but it's kind of just really creepy that they're doing it. Oh, and he's fucking his aunt right now. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I will state that um, I thought Sam and Bran were wrong when they said he's the heir to the throne because again, his family was overthrown and therefore they're not heir to the thrones. This is again. This is it's. It's depends on who's in power. It depends who's the heir to the throne. You see what I'm saying? So I, I don't buy any of that shit because, in theory, you could say Gendry's should be or Gendry or whatever his name is should be the heir to the throne, or you could say Cersei's legitimately the heir to the throne because no, she's the. Yeah. Let me explain why. Because she's the last Baratheon because she was married to the king, and the king's children are dead, and his the king's dead. Therefore, the next person in line you could argue is her you could argue that anybody it's you know you see what i'm saying it, it i don't I, I see what you're saying but that doesn't make his claim any less legitimate right i i agree with that he has a, I, I, I agree i agree that with the rules set forth in this world multiple people can can claim to be the rightful ruler which is what what all this fighting was about in the first place 
Was it Rob? Was it Stannis? Was it, you know? Uh, that's what all the fighting is about. Uh, but they're just throwing out that, that due to birthright, which is part of the equation, John has a claim to the Iron Throne. He, yeah, he has a claim, uh, but he doesn't necessarily is the one. He has a claim, though. That's true. Well, let's also consider what was the purpose of the... I mean, like, I mean look, you really want to be honest, all of this is arbitrary bullshit, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, George R.R. Martin has said so himself. He's basically... Uh, like uh, again, back to Joanna Robinson, the ever uh, fountain of knowledge on Game of Thrones. Uh, basically, George R. R. Martin was was asked about the rules of secession in Westeros, and basically was like, "Yeah, it's the eldest born son, and then his son, and then their son. Always the male, unless there's only a female." And then only if there's this, but only if all of that's convenient for my story, because uh, otherwise something else applies. <laughs> well, but again, but I don't mean to mean that. If within the context of the world itself, okay, they take the rules very seriously. The rules are there because it's important to have a smooth transition of power, so that way you don't get a war like this every twenty years. Uh huh. But when the rules were set down. There was no good reason why it would why it necessarily had to be the father or the the son that got the power. Um, there was no good reason why they couldn't have done a king's moot like they do uh, right, with the Iron means, Islands. Yeah. There are all sorts, of, but these are the rules. And the problem is that because of the Robert's yeah, uh, Rebellion, it yeah. upset the apple cart. And so right. it depends on what you believe is the legitimacy of right. Robert's Rebellion. And that you could argue but now. You, wait, a you minute, could, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You could argue now that you know the whole point of the Roberts Rebellion was not to depose the Mad King for being a raving lunatic. The reason for Roberts Rebellion was because Rhaegar Targaryen rode off with Lyanna Stark. And that, supposedly, no, that was and, known. That was all the whole reason from the beginning, Mike. It wasn't because of the Mad King. Right, but but Phil, let me finish. And now we know that that justification was bullshit because he didn't kidnap her and he didn't rape her. So the entire oh, yeah. rebellion was so the entire rebellion was performed under false pretenses. But you could even argue that 500 years prior, when the original Targaryen came with the dragons, he invaded and took over, and therefore he, sh you see what I'm saying? It's just an invading army because there was some a, a king that wasn't a Targaryen prior. Right, to but you're but you, but again, we can't we can't be looking at this as outsiders. They're trying to talk about the validity of their rules. It is their way. It is their customs, and everybody really 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 strongly believes in all this bullshit but then again we have that's the reason why we had the seven kings war is because you have the north that says i will never back a targaryen and danny when she was in essos and and when she was trying to get money people were saying do you actually believe that if you go now to westeros there's going to be people waiting for you saying thank god you're back in other words people were going to back whoever they wanted to back you're going right. to back your people. You're not going to no, back some so foreign but, but, you're, you're, but, uh, but, but people will come up with these arguments. They'll use these justifications. Well, and Phil's whole objection here was that the term of rightful heir to the throne. Uh, that's not false, Phil. It's just a point of view. Right. Yeah, Yeah. right, right. I, I like the point that there's a claim, but that doesn't mean that that... According to one point of view, which is the... Yeah. the the pro-Targaryen point of view, he is the rightful heir to the throne. And, well, based, well, again, I would argue, trying from a neutral point of view, 
that because Robert Baratheon did not leave any legitimate heirs, uh-huh. that he doesn't really have a legitimate, and his brothers are both dead. Then his wife takes over. No, that's not how it works. That's not their rules. It's not, uh, but at the same time, like up north in Winterfell, uh, and and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I uh, I mean according to the rules, really shouldn't son or shouldn't Bran be in charge rather than John? Yeah, right. but he's mentally yeah. incompetent. Or well, is no, he no, too well, mentally competent? Tec- <laughs> technically, Bran would be would be king. However, it's not. And if it's not him, if it's not him. Uh, I honestly don't know what this rule is, so so tell me if I'm wrong. But wouldn't it go to Sansa rather than Jon being yeah. a legitimate offspring of the Starks rather than the bastard? True. Well, even, even if yeah. he was actually a but bastard, is, which he's not, and then it would go <laughs> to right, and then this, it would go to Arya after that. Well, yeah, but this goes back. First of all, you have I'll go to uh, how we got the Mad King on the throne in the first place was Aemon Targaryen, the the Meister at uh, uh, yeah, he tur- Castle he tur- Black. He turned it down. He turned it down. So you can be the next in line and say, "Not for me, thanks." Hmm. Right. So that's always a possibility, uh, and I think that's where you would get to with Bran. Right. Bran would be, "Not for me, thanks." I've got this whole three-eyed raven, and everyone makes a Sam face and goes, "I don't know oh, what okay. that means." <laughs> and, and so. Like and and also you get the issue with Renly, Baratheon, right? Everyone wanted what everyone, but everyone wanted Renly. Why? Right. Because but Stannis was a dick, and they didn't like Stannis. They liked Renly, and so they kind of say, "Well, we know what the rules are, but we don't care what the rules are because we like Renly." And the same thing here. We know that he's a technically a bastard, but we like balls on the throne more than we like vaginas on the throne, and right. so. So we're just going to ignore the whole thing that he's a bastard because it's convenient well, to get the guy that we my, want. That was my point. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that's why they call it Game of Thrones, folks. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's an ex- excellent end quote right there. That's why they call it Game of Thrones, right? Um, so what it shows is that Jon Snow is not a bastard and then has a claim to the Iron Throne because had his grandfather not been overthrown or, or killed by Jamie Lannister, uh, he would be second in line after his his dead uh, his dead father. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and I think it and I think it's fair to point out that with both Jon Snow and Daenerys, these are people who are in power. They had door open to them because of who their their families are. And dragons for for Daenerys. Right. But the people who are following them, for the most part, are following them because of who they are and not because of their blood. Um, and Cersei's on the throne not because of who her family is, but because she killed every other motherfucker who was in the room. But you're still, but you're still wrong, Mike, because, yes, they, they do like Jon Snow for who he is, and they do like Daenerys for who she is, but neither of them would be anywhere near the throne if their names. But that's why if, I said if, that, if their families weren't Stark and Targaryen. But that's why I said that that families got the door open for them, but they could just as easily have slammed shut on them a long time ago. Right. Right. Because Jon Snow could have lost that uh, election at uh, to be commander of the Night's Watch. Daenerys could have been left to die in the desert. 
There could have been no witch to bring John back from the fucking dead. <laughs> There's that whole thing. Right. Yep. So, yeah. Well, well, I, I would argue that you could say that about every every person that's close to the throne or on a throne now um, are that way, Mike, where they have right, the but name yeah, but like, and, and the, the, the smarts to get there or luck to get there. Well, it's 2-1 through through a loyalty and allegiance, one one through terror. But like Joffrey, obviously, and Tommen, they neither one did it through anything they did. They did it that they were on the throne purely because of their name. Well, they, yeah, well, because they were next in line, right? Yeah, because they were next in line, and nobody and like everyone's like, yeah, Tommen is a nice boy, but 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 you could he's argue not handle the stress, and Joffrey was a monster. Right, right, but you could argue that neither of them got to the throne by war or killing people either so it, it, not that well they, they didn't did. kill people other people get... killed people no 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 <laughs> tom, tom tom and tom and you can argue that didn't really kill anybody but this, my uh, point is but neither but... one got to the throne for anything they did and that's what's different about john and daenerys and cersei yeah all right i'll give you that I'll, I, I, yeah i'll definitely give you that i'm just saying that maybe sometimes what you do to get to the throne isn't as is good of a thing as just being born into it and well no it's it's certainly easier and that's why it's it's a whole yeah. lot easier just to hand it to the next schmuck in line because yeah. it's easier to suffer through a, a, a piss poor king for 20 years than to fight a war every 20 years yeah well and the real question here is now that we have this information about john which we all knew except or, for, or should we start yeah. should we start calling him egg and now let's let's keep calling him john for the time being uh, <laughs> I don't but, think he's uh, going to change his name, to be honest. Well, here's the thing, though. Clearly, Bran and Sam are, t- are planning on telling John this information. Uh, a, does that reveal happen in front of Danny? B, uh, if it doesn't happen in front of anybody else, does John tell anybody else? Probably because of his fucking honor bound nature. Uh, and and see or, 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 what, the, or, what the fuck what what's going to happen with everybody? To, hang on, let me finish. What's going to happen with everybody in the north when they find out that John's actually a Targaryen? I, I have to disagree with your second point, Eric, because John's the type of person that that would say it doesn't matter who my natural parents were. My parents were or what was was Ned Stark. Right, oh, and I th- no, I I disagree. How many times has he referred to himself as a bastard? He he knows all about blood right. Um, no, no, so, but 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 his father's dead stark in his eyes. And, 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 and I said it to Theon tonight. I exactly. Mean, that's that's the importance of the conversation with Theon more than anything was him saying, You're both you're he's like the, the Schrodinger's cat of royalty. You're both a Greyjoy and a Stark. <laughs> no, I get that. Right. And I, I think that that that's that that like about... more for Jon Snow than Theon. Right. You know who's going to care? The people in the north. That is my point. Right. Well we'll get to the well let's let's deal with one thing at a time i think john is <laughs> but, the, but again he's I, half, half stark so it's okay right if i think if you ask john if you if you put john in a quiet room somewhere with no witnesses and it's just him and sam and sam says this to him he'd probably he would be oh so i'm not really a bastard awesome uh but i i don't it doesn't change who i am i don't think it's going to make him suddenly want to lust for the iron throne no, I don't think so either. Uh, I don't think it's. Go- I don't think he's going to want to be Stark. I don't think he's going to go out there and go, "I'm fucking Aegon, bitches." You know, <laughs> Neo. Well, well, well again, he's not banging he, he, Danny. <laughs> he's, he's still Stark. He's still a half Stark. 
Well, what you don't know is that uh, if you look in Jon Snow's browser history, you'll see a whole lot of uh, of family relations videos from Pornhub. Oh, Jesus. So he would be like, <laughs> fantasy come true. <laughs> but uh, right, so no, right, you're no, gonna but, get but, you're gonna get what, that. That's gonna be an issue. <laughs> yeah, once John gets this information, uh, it's gonna like he either <laughs> continues to have a relationship, uh, a sexual relationship with his aunt. All right, <laughs> or Pretty gross. He's going, Pretty gross. Or he's going to try and not tell her and stop that. In which case, she's going to be like, why are you acting so fucking weird? Uh, but I also don't think that he's not going to tell her. Uh, he'd have to reveal that to her at some point. Uh, and she could react to that in uh, several different ways. Well, here, here's the scene I'm picturing. Uh, Danny, Danny, can I, uh, can I talk to you just, just, for, just for a second? I, uh, uh, <clears throat> I got something to tell you. It's, uh, it's going to be a little hard to hear. Oh, my hear, God, if she's pregnant. But, oh uh, but, uh, but uh, I'm pregnant. Fuck. <laughs> That's no, what I'm I already, expecting. I already predicted the magical incest baby. Yeah. yeah um, oh, so, and, and you know what's weird is that I've said that last week. I said um, her, her, um, her, the person that told her that she can't have kids is a cr- crazy witch who could be just lying anyway. Right. And John, well, and John said that, brought that up. John, that's that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my god, I just said and that. That's kind of so. Cool. So this is this is this is this is totally Ch- Chekhov's uterus. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. So it's going to go like this. Oh, Danny. Oh, John. Oh, Danny. Oh, John. Call me Aegon. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, so like we open up next season and they're like in bed together and she gets up off the, to go, you know, clean up. Raven arrives at the window. John rolls over. <laughs> clean up. <laughs> opens, opens up, opens up the scroll and it says john you're not a bastard you're the son of aegon Tar- of uh, rhaegar targaryen you, you're you're the rightful heir to the iron throne sam i don't P- think no no they're, they're, they're gonna P- P.S. deliver by P- raven p.s p.s don't fuck daenerys all right all right all right let's let's wait and talk about this stuff for next week because that's what next week's episode is more about but yeah so yeah i think i think the big question is not how john's going to react I think the big because he's going to be all filled with conflicted emotions. I think the real problem is how do the people of the North react and how does Daenerys react? Right. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's it's more how they react rather than than John, to be honest. And Bran and Sam are the type that would keep a secret and not tell anybody if John said, "Don't tell anybody." So it really comes down to whether or not he decides to tell people, and if he does. What will the North say, and what will Danny say? What does the North say? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so I think uh, I think that's everything, right? Nothing else of anything. Uh, Theon. Oh, yeah, Theon. Theon. Yeah, uh, no, yes. Oh, oh, we, Theon. We, Theon, oh, right, of course. Theon's significant. Theon, that's right. We forgot about Theon. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, they're actually, I thought this scene between John and, uh, and Theon was actually pretty great. It was pretty good, uh, huh? Because they have this whole conversation. Basically, uh, Theon is expressing regret uh, for everything he's done and kind of trying to explain to John that he, he, he never felt like he belonged. He always 
felt like he had to to make a choice whether he was a Stark or a Greyjoy. And John basically tells him, you know what, uh, Ned wasn't your father, but he was just as much of a father. He was more of a father to you than your actual father. Um, and well, his actual says, father was a dick. Well, yes. <laughs> basically says, I can't forgive you for everything you've done, uh, but I forgive you for what I can forgive you for. Basically meaning that Theon's done a bunch of sh- <clears throat> shitty things to people who aren't Starks, too, and John can't forgive him for that, but he'll forgive him for the Stark stuff. Honestly... Uh, and, and, and tells him he's a Stark and a Greyjoy. And honestly, I it, it's a great scene. However, the logic... I, I don't like because I, I think Theon should be executed because what he did to what enough. he did to what he did to Roderick, what he did to uh, Rob Stark, mm-hmm. what he did to Caitlin Stark, all those things, and what he did to the boys that he wanted. He was he gonna, do, well, he, he killed he killed two boys right that and he was going to kill Bran and Riddick Rit, or whatever name his name Rick on Rick on if he could catch him. He killed Roderick. He he betrayed Rob Stark and Caitlin Stark because he mm-hmm. went as an envoy to the Greyjoys, and then he murdered and burned down half of Winterfell. Therefore, mm-hmm. I would I would have him executed immediately. I, w- I wouldn't even think twice about it. He's dead. Wow, uh, that, yeah. I think that's the first time you've ever said that about anybody. Well, well, well it, it's but, but if Daenerys did it, the reason I don't like it is because they're trying to really push him as a sympathetic character, but he's done so much bad that there's no fucking way I can suddenly go, yeah, I, I think he's a good guy. Okay. No. Well, he, but, but this is why he Phil, says, you know I, what else he did? You know what else he did, Phil? What's that? He saved Sansa. He did, but... but So, if it weren't for him, your, your queen would be dead. But see, uh, if, if it was up to me, he would have died saving Sansa. Um, I think he's been a character without a good story arc for mm-hmm. two seasons now. Yeah, I'd agree. And yeah. and that would have been because he has done things that are, for all intents and purposes, unforgivable. And that's why I think the the wording of what John said, which is, "I can forgive you for the things I can forgive you for." Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think John has a right to to do that because he can't speak for the entire Winterfell people who have to deal with not, that shit. He's, He's he's not. He's forgiving him for the things he can forgive him for. Okay. It doesn't mean that he can forgive him for murdering somebody's children. It doesn't mean he. Well, actually, they were orphans, so they don't really count. Um, <laughs> no, no, they weren't. They weren't orphans. They were. Yes, uh, they were. They were the parent. They were the children of the farmer. No, they actually set it up earlier. If you, uh, there, we see a scene where a couple of orphans are are sent to go help the farmer out, and those are the. Ones oh that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and those yeah. are the ones that are killed. But but then, um, but, then they, but then they kill the farmer. Did they kill because, the farmer too? Yeah, because yeah. the farmer, uh, because his second in command. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's, right, and, and, and the farmer and the farmer's wife. Right, and if for some reason Theon survives long enough to go on trial at Winterfell, then I then then we could have this debate again. But I think in terms of betraying his family and his family's trust, which is not technically a a, a crime. Uh, then I, I don't have a problem with him forgiving him for that. Um, I would I would consider the betrayal of Rob and Caitlin uh, as uh, uh, as bad as everything because he went on a mission 
to try to get allies, and he comes back to kill Rob. And, and you know, basically, he's fucked Rob over because Rob's fighting down near the river lands, and then he finds out that Theon betrayed him and just took over Winterfell, and and murdered half the people there. So I mean, I don't know, dude. I I I see where they're going, but he's just done so many I, I, things that I would have took his head off. Right, he has he he has done some really awful things. He's suffered in awful ways, but his suffering was completely unrelated to most of what he did. Yeah, all that suffering occurred after all the things that he did terrible that I mentioned. So, in other words, what Ramsey did to him was post all the murders and betrayal. Right. Well, that's just why people. We're always saying it, using it to justify what he did. What some people are saying that that was punishment enough, and given the number of people he killed, uh, who and he it wasn't like. All right, he killed Roderick. Roderick had a choice. Roderick made a dumb choice, but you killed the, you killed two children, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, so and and, like, it, and they claim that is he killed the farmer and the farmer's wife. Plus, based off of the backstory, it, he burned half the, the city down and probably killed dozens of others that we don't know about. Right. So back to this scene. Uh, basically, ends up by saying, you know, I uh, when. I was taken prisoner in Yaris, the only one that tried to save me. Uh, now now I should I should try and save her. And John's like, well, fine. And why are you still standing here talking to me? <laughs> so then we cut to the scene where... Now, Eric, John, did you get... If I could ask you a question. Did you get that John said that to motivate Theon alone? Or was it also to motivate Theon, but also to let him know that I'm not going to help you? No, you're oh, saying it. No, I, I don't it, think it was he was trying to get John to help him. Um, okay. I, I honestly think he just wanted to have a heart to heart with John, and and that was the conclusion of it right there. Is John okay. was like, "Fine, I forgive you." I. Uh, no, but I it. mean, when he says, "Why are you here?" Meaning, go off and and save your sister. Yeah. And, but well, he starts by asking John by because he points out that John always knows the right thing to do. He's right. looking for John's advice as to what to do next. Yeah. I think that's all that... That's basically, John's answer is go save your sister. Yeah, right. So, uh, we cut to... You're, you're, you're really bad at this decision-making thing, aren't you, Theon? <laughs> well, he is. And that's the whole thing. Back when, when Theon was doing all that horrible stuff, when you just say the things he's done, he sounds like a monster. But Theon isn't a monster. He's just fucking dumb. But but his actions make turn him into a monster, even if he is dumb. Uh, I, I I I he has regret for what he's done, so I don't I don't think he's a monster. I I think he made some but, very very poor decisions. Uh, uh, you're right, he is the prodigal son. There's no doubt. But would he have become the prodigal son had he not been tortured by Ramsay? In other words, if he had never fallen off his horse. Would he still be the scumbag he was after the betrayal? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. So anyway, we cut to Theon on the beach. And uh, he confronts, does that guy have a name, by the way? The guy that pulled him out of the water? Not really, no. Okay. But it's the big guy with the beard, I guess, is his he's name. Ba he's basically the, the second-in-command Greyjoy after Theon, basically. Okay. So uh, he's basically loading all the other, uh, or the remainder of the Greyjoys into boats to go to an island somewhere and hide. Um, 
and says, "We're gonna, we're gonna kill all the men and take their women." And and Theon's like, "No, we're done with all that." And he's like, "No, says who?" And he's like, "Yara made a made a pact." Uh, and basically, he wants to get all the guys to go save Yara, and they're like, uh, "No." And basically, we get a fight between Theon and this and this other guy, and it's really it's really not much of a fair fight because this guy probably outweighs him two to one, and he's just thrashing Theon on the beach here, just beating the living shit out of him, uh, and and basically, and, and I think this scene made Mike very happy because he got the answer to his question about whether uh, they just took the pillar or where they took the pillar and the stones. <laughs> Cause I think it's pretty clear by the end of the scene here, they took both uh, because uh, just when it looks like this fight is about over, uh, the big dude tries to knee Theon in the balls and, tries it several times without any effect and Theon just kind of gets a smile on his face uh, and then he headbutts the guy and the tide turns of the fight and he gets him on the ground and wails on him and basically wins back the support of uh, the Greyjoy group there. Um, yeah, so that's what happened now, there. I felt it didn't feel realistic um, because when he says that great speech in Winterfell and they betray him there. And yet here where he sold out his sister, you know, obviously we understand why he did it, but he left her on the ship and ran and great joys don't do that and whatnot. So, all right. So what? He beats up this guy. I, I just can't, couldn't believe that all these other people still say, all right, we, we're going to now follow you, Theon, because you well, just here's the him. thing though. The, the, the whole Greyjoy clan, oh, it's, all those Iron Islanders, uh, they turn uh, on a fucking dime, right? Because remember yeah. the King's Moot? And when Yara's pacing back and forth, giving all her reasons why she could be, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah! And then Yaron shows up, and they're like, oh, he has a dick, we like him instead! So, <laughs> they're not exactly hard to, hard to turn. Right, and it's... You gotta figure, not everybody wants to lead. Some people are perfectly content to follow. Uh, especially when being a leader on the Iron Islands means somebody can beat the crap out of you and take your command. Right. Um, and they may have just been as conflicted about, oh, we kind of would like to get Yara back. I don't know, but he just, you know, maybe we don't need to. And so somebody says, go get Yara. Okay, we'll go get Yara. We don't want to get Yara. We don't want to get Yara. I, I honestly wasn't all that happy uh, with the um, with the groin kicking because... It just felt a little bit too womp womp, you know, in the middle of a, a dramatic scene. Right. Uh, and, and why would that one moment suddenly make Theon a powerhouse and overcome the guy that just beat the shit out of him? Well, no, but I mean, the it, one it, thing it was, I... It was just so stupid. Well, no, what I was liking up to that point is, yeah, the one thing you could say about Theon is he knows how to handle pain. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can take a licking. All right, so that I didn't mind that. I didn't mind, wouldn't have minded the just wearing out his his opponent by getting beaten and bloodied. Um, so I didn't have an issue with that. I didn't mind the kick to the groin, but it was oh, I think there were a total of four kicks to the groin. Yeah, maybe two would have been enough. You know, uh, it was, once, it was, well, that's once, that's what. Then be surprised it didn't work. Then try it again, and, and then so, see how it smiles. 
Why there, would, was, there was a couple too many kicks to the ground. Why would four four kicks or, or knees, we should say, four knees to the, the pubic bone enough to make this guy winded so Theon could suddenly beat the shit out of him, even though he had just been he, beating the shit out of him? He, he, I, he I, I don't think it was that he was winded. It was that it gave Theon an opening to headbutt him, and that stunned him. Right. It was. I don't, I don't know. know if you've ever been. I, I've actually never been headbutted. But but, but <laughs> he had already been headbutted himself, Theon. Yes, and he was so, down so, on the ground when it happened. The other guy didn't finish him off. Yeah, he just told him to stay down. Gotcha. But Theon's stupid like that. And again, Theon has probably like three nerve endings left in his body. So <laughs> yeah, I su- I suppose after. Uh, Ramsey Bolton's dungeon, uh, uh, just a simple fifth fight ain't no big thing for him. So, all right, I think that's it, right? That's that's where we ended. <laughs> yeah, it, it appears that the uh, Greyjoys are heading to get Yara. Hopefully, they just sink, and, and we don't have to go with that storyline ever again. But we'll I'd like to out. see Yara get saved. I hope that the, the other Greyjoy fleet gets saved. Uh, I just want all great joys to because disappear. Fuck this boy. I just want them all to go. Eric, personally, I can't stand great joys. I just it's, I, I, I want Yara to live. I don't care about the rest of them. I like Yara. I like Yara, and, and you know, and I and I I I think as a he's not he's not uh, Ramsey, he's not Joffrey, but I do kind of like Yara as a as a foil. Yeah, he's my favorite great joy of the best because at least he's the most interesting character. I feel, but I hope he dies a horrible death. But all in all, I I just wish all great joys would just have like a some sort of DNA that just makes them all die before season eight. Well, the, well, yeah, here's my problem is there's six episodes next season. I understand they're, they're 80 minute plus episodes. Is this really what I want to spend more no. than five minutes on next season? Yeah. Do, do we care about? Yeah. All right. We like Yara as a character. We all can agree on that. And, and me and Mike, like you're on, but none of them are ever going to be on the, on the throne. And if they are, it's only going to be for a second. It's, I mean, we want to follow the main stories, which is, Who's going to get on the throne, which are three to four characters, and what is going to happen with the Night King? Do we really right. care about what's going to happen in the Iron Isles? I mean, do we? Does anyone? No. I don't right. think and, 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 and I think that's what Mike, that was a fair point, which is if we only have six episodes left, do we really want to spend, you know, 20%? Half an episode with a Euro yeah. rescue plot. No, I get exactly. that. I get yeah. that. Because yeah, this could totally turn into a, sh- into a trip to Dorne. Oh, don't even say. Yeah, it. you're right. It could, especially when it is with the Greyjoys. It's a possibility that's the case, Mike. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll we'll. we'll. You're, you're on standing up there going, "Who wants some bad cock?" You know, just. <laughs> yeah, and and and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and uh, oh shit. Anyway, so anyway, right. to the wall. The misunderstood. No, he's not misunderstood. <laughs> well, one question was finally... Tormund is totally misunderstood. One, one a, question was answered, which is Barak and Tormund did not board the ship to, to right, Dragonstone. Th- that question was answered. Now we have a new question, which is, did they die? Um, so yeah, basically they're at East Watch and they're uh, looking out over the wall and the Army of the Dead shows up and they're just kind of standing there for a minute. And uh, they're looking down at them. They're like, hmm, this doesn't look good. And then the fucking Night King flies in on... Uh, oh, shit. Um, Viseron. Thank you. Viseron. <laughs> and we get to see what uh, 
what a zombie dragon could do. And uh, a, a white dragon, a white dragon. Oh, holy shit! Why you gotta be racist, man? Um, <laughs> look kind of bluish to me. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, I don't understand. Like, I, I understand that the army of the dead is dead, and they might decompose. But in a scheme of things, what happened with Viseron wasn't that long ago, right? And he died and was pretty much immediately plunged into freezing water and then dragged back out and resurrected. So why does he have holes in his wings? Uh, just having rewatched uh, the Dance of Dragons episode with the, the arena fight. Okay. Dro- Drogon gets a couple of holes in his wings during that battle. Okay. So assuming they can heal. I, so, probably, you, so you think he got injured uh, in his wings when he was coming down? When he's coming down, when he crashed, uh, and maybe they really... I mean, look, you, good help is hard to find. Uh, I don't know that these uh, the Army of the Dead is, is all that well-trained in hooking chains up to large magical beasts. <laughs> well, so, it is, really. So, I mean, it's sort of like when the tow guy scratches your bumper. It's unskilled labor, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'll let it go. I'm just nitpicking. <laughs> You're not uh, part but, of the union. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, holy shit. Uh, so, is his breath ice or fire? It's blue. Oh, it's Dungeons it & Dragons, looks, right? It looks like flame. Eric, you played I, Dungeons & Dragons? Uh-huh. The, 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 I think it was the black dragon shoots... White dragon. Ice. Yeah, the white dragon shoots... shoots uh, uh, powerful icy snow out. This is kills. this isn't this isn't a white dragon though. This is an uh, maybe this is a blue Dracul- dragon. No shout lightning. Is, is it a Draco lich? What the fuck is this thing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know quite what I, I I guess it doesn't matter in the long run. Uh, his breath is powerful as hell. It'll kill uh, you. So I, I don't know if it's cold or hot. That's my my only wonder. I I don't know. I can't they tell say Eric. They say hell is both cold and hot. Who says? Um, I, th- I think they. they, they, they. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I'm not going to argue today. Hold on, hold on, I got it. I got it. Kevin Letts, one of our listeners, please uh, email us in and, and tell us uh, who they are. <laughs> it's. Uh, I do know it's a dry heat. Um, <laughs> a dry so, heat. So <laughs> basically, the dragon starts uh, breathing on the wall and basically just. I mean, he brings down the wall and this is some of the most impressive visual effects that have been in the show uh not only with the dragon breath and viseron being an undead dragon but just the spectacle of the wall coming down is breathtaking i thought they did an amazing job with it what do you think i would concur because i mean it's it's right on the edge of the ocean there right so you get like at the very edge of it is falling down into the ocean and you see all the water splashing around from the wall falling down into it. Technically, I think it would be called a sea or maybe even a bay. Oh, what the fuck ever. <laughs> I just wanted to be an asshole. Well, you succeeded. <laughs> uh, so the wall comes down and the last shot of the season is the army of the dead walking through the hole in the wall while the Night King flies the Syrian overhead. 
And then yep, there was some so, there was some awesome fucking music during this scene and then during the credits right after. Did you did either of you notice the score? Yes. It was yeah, awesome. it was fantastic. Um but left us hanging because we don't know what happened to Tormund. We don't care like, about Barak Dondarrion. It looked Rather like sure. they were running west. So it looked like they were headed away from where the breach was happening. So I guess there's a there's a chance they survived, but you know Right. The question is I, I guess I guess they... don't count anybody out if their death hasn't been shown on screen. That's why Stannis is still alive. Um, but yes, this is what happened, Mike. They, one or two things. They either, if they did escape, if they it, they either got down the, uh, all the the stairs, or they just started running west, as you said, Eric, across the wall. Because in theory, I think the wall is like the the Great Wall of China, where you can actually walk it from right. one side to the other. Well, and and, and they're probably gonna shot. they're probably gonna just keep on running to black. The Black Castle, whatever it's called, and and tell Ed there's a problem, but that's going to take a long time because right. if you've seen the map, I mean, this is like well, five. he has until 2018 or 19. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing: there was one shot where it appeared that Tormund and Barrack were looking back towards the edge of the breach of the wall, and if that's the case, there's a chance they survived. So I'm I'm not counting them out yet. Um, yeah, I just however, I just would have liked one establishing shot to show us they weren't dead. Oh, well, yeah, I, yeah, they're it's not dead. Yeah, they're, they're pulling a, a you know a, a Jamie. Style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Um, um, I'm hoping Barrack doesn't die, Mike. And I know I don't, we, we don't care. But no, he's got a flaming sword. I, we can't lose the flaming sword. Sure, you can. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so here's here's and I was trying to pull up. I can't find any maps of Westeros. Big enough for me to actually fucking read. Uh, uh, right that's not true, Eric. I, I bought you a. Oh, a, a that's blanket. right. I actually got a blanket size one in the other room. I forgot about that. That's yep, true. Yep, yep. But I, I would have to dig through some stuff to dig it out. But uh, I, I, I'm wondering whether it would be possible. Because we all assume that the army of the dead is headed towards Winterfell. But what if they're not? Couldn't they just make a beeline down the east coast there of Westeros? Yeah, they could. I don't think they have to go to Winterfell. So, I mean, uh, I guess we really don't. I mean, we're assuming that the Night King's goal is death and destruction. Right. Uh, but the question is, do they really have a target, or are they just going south? And if they're just going south, then if they just head the way they are, they're not. They're going to go right by Winterfell, right? Yeah, they would head to. They probably would hit the Umbers, and then the ne- the next thing they would hit is um, Littlefinger's area, I think. That the fingers, and then then they would hit Aaron Hall. Or, or, and, or, yeah. and by the way, who's in charge there now that Littlefinger's dead? Robert and and whoever is the the hand there. Robert. Uh, oh, the Robert. weird kid. Yeah, Robin. Robin. Yeah, oh, right. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that could complicate things. Let the big man fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. That's right, oh, the food. Did you get some ice milk? 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, that kid is one ugly bastard, too, if I tell you that. Mm. I think we, we are all in agreement that he's the one person we don't want sitting on the Iron Throne. <laughs> well, but boy, would that be a surprise, I well, think. Mike, I, I would I would say that it would be cool to see just because it would be hilarious as hell. So I, I, oh. I can't agree with you on that, Mike. I, I would like to see him on the Iron Throne because then the whole thing would be hilarious. And and R.R. Martin would just say, it was all a joke to piss everyone off. Yeah. So everyone fights to a standstill. All of our characters survive the eighth season. And, there's, Except there's a, and they say, well, of oh, oh, the remaining ones. I no. said, but wait a minute. Who's on the iron? Who's supposed to sit on the Iron Throne? And Sam goes, "Wait a minute." He goes, gets the books. He goes, "You're not going to believe this." <laughs> and then you cut to a scene of Robin Aaron sitting on the Iron Throne, which has been moved to the Eyrie, and all the characters <laughs> the are being are being some are being they throw they throw Cersei and they throw Daenerys and they throw John and they throw Arya and they throw Sansa. Each one's getting thrown one after the other by the mountain out the moon door. <laughs> That would be awesome. I would be on board with that, even if some of the characters I don't want to die. Uh, that, would, that would be hilarious. And then, and then in his final act, the Mountain Thrones, Robin, out the moon door, and he takes the Iron Throne. There you go. Oh, and it was all Kyburn's machinations. No, Ky, 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 Kyburn went right after Sansa. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God, Robin. I forgot all about that schmuck. Oh, um, but yeah, technically you're right. They don't have to go north. I mean, southwest to Winterfell. You're right. They they could follow the coast. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, people are pointing out. Somebody pointed out. Conspiracy theorists pointing out. Remember the uh, when Jon Snow died? Um, no, and, I don't remember that. And they removed the body, and there was the blood stain left behind. Yeah, that supposedly people, symbolized something. And people spent way too much time <laughs> trying yeah. to tell us that that blood stain was a symbol of something well the new one mike is is the the winking of the, of the the sword well that that was just that was at least debunked no then there's a new new one phil what is it which is that if you look at the army of the dead i don't know if it was as they're coming in the wall or out of the wall but they they, they take the shape of the the stark sigil the wolf head what? And and did you notice it? Did you look, go back? I no, I didn't. First of all, you have to you have to reverse it, so flip it you know, to the opposite. Story. But and I've seen the picture, and it's one of those. Yeah, kinda, sorta. Since you put that thought in my head, you can maybe I sort of see, see that the rabbit in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or it could be Taylor Swift. I don't know. Um, yeah. People it's are getting kooky about this. Well, show. yeah. So and we can talk because it's the whole brand theory thing. Oh yeah. Well, let's save one. that for next week. You'll save that for next week. There is one thing I, because we've been at this almost three hours now. I I hate to bring it up, but we did forget something. What? Tyrion. Oh at, yeah, you're right. You're right. At, what? What? what, what, what Tyrion what outside Danny's door, and I hate to bring it up because I have no freaking clue what it means oh that one too yeah, yeah. yeah the one the one where where oh yeah right because he was watching them have sex well, well no, no the door closed it was kind of gross though <laughs> he was the door listening closed. well dwarves dwarves have, dwarves have magic ears he was listening to them have sex 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's that's why yeah, the thing where he's the one that wants to bonk Danny and that's why he doesn't like Jorah and that's why he didn't like Daros first whatever his name was and and now he doesn't like John. Nobody yeah. liked Daros and he sent Joros Jorah away like 2 seconds after he met Danny. So I I don't think that was has anything to do with it. I don't know if it's that he there have been so here's the explanation. One, he loves Danny. That's explanation right. one. Hmm. Explanation two is that he's worried that her getting it on with her nephew is going to screw up uh, her judgment. Right? He's afraid that that a romance will interfere with her effectiveness. And the third is that some people think that he made a promise to Daenerys, not Daenerys, to Cersei, that we didn't see that involved because he. Because they cut away right after he realizes she's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And that maybe he made a promise to, Dana- to Cersei that her child could take over after Daenerys, because they had that conversation last week about I who takes over the Iron Throne. Think and, that's silly theory. Uh, yeah. Well, and it also doesn't hold doesn't matter much because in about five minutes, Jamie's going to come riding up and um in the middle of the ocean and <laughs> say, "Cersei's going to betray you all." Oh well, that deals right. out the window. Well, well, so. also, also, Cersei's—I don't see her doing that because she's thinking her child's going to be on the throne anyway, and doesn't right. have to have anybody promise it because she's going to have to fight for it anyway. And, right, and, and she doesn't want to give it up think, herself. She doesn't want to give it up herself. One of two things is going on here. Clearly, Tyrion's upset about this occurrence. He's upset for one of two reasons. One, he has a thing for Danny, and he's upset that somebody else is hooking up with her, or he enjoys his influence on Danny because uh, he seemed to be bragging about that to Cersei. Right. And he's upset that John is going to gain you sur- influence you surf with him. Danny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's more likely it. Yeah. But, but I got to say, um, if they've had a plan to have Tyrion have a crush, because let's be honest, Cersei's right. She's a foreign whore. <laughs> but it's his type. Um, they they they've done nothing, to, in my opinion, to lay any groundwork for this. Well, uh, uh, I I don't know about that, Mike. Uh, it's 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 not strong, but I think there's people could say, yeah, you know, like the Jorah thing. You've had a good argument why that wouldn't be the case, but I they could turn it around, similar to how they did with this Baelish Sansa Arya story. These past seven episodes, too, you know? I, I will agree they haven't set it up strongly, but they haven't done anything to discount it either. Right. Clearly, Tyrion is enamored with yeah. Daenerys. Whether part of that is, is romantic or not, uh, it hasn't been stated, but it hasn't been discounted either. So, Well, let's put it this way. I, let, let, let me put it this way. But Jorah, everyone knew, right? He was following around like a lost puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no secret that he's got a thing for. Yeah, he's even said it. And well, right, but we, we all knew it before he said it, right? And obviously with Dario, he was basically a horn dog from the minute he met her, right? And we and we and we've seen Tyrion in love before, and and none of the his acts since he's arrived in and met Danny have been consistent with what we've seen either in 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 that pattern, right? It's right. And he's yeah, not. He, he, he lost his sex drive ever since. It's weird. Right. Everyone's basically been. It, 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 the, the relationship has been one of seemingly mutual respect, mm-hmm. or some semi mutual. 
um, but not, and, and, and hey, I think you're a good ruler with good judgment, but it's been, it has been pretty platonic. It's been played platonic. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying I want to see it go there, Mike, but I'm not, I'm not discounting it entirely either. I'm just saying I'll be a little annoyed if it does. Okay, fair enough. Because that that's that that would be completely out of nowhere, unlike the Arya Sansa story. And and again, and again my, Eric's point is fair. There's enough there that it isn't out of nowhere, and they haven't discounted it either by anything they've done either. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go either direction. To be honest, we'll find out eventually. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. In 2019, yes. <laughs> All uh, right, so let's wrap this up. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so uh, next week, Eric, we're, we're going to do our final episode, right? Uh, yes. Uh, next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Let's, let's talk about the season finale. Uh, we will come back next week to do our final episode of this season, uh, including just our, our general thoughts on the season, uh, maybe best, worst stuff, and uh, theories on what's going to happen next season. So come back and listen to us talk about that.